The following program contains scenes and language of a frank and explicit nature. Discretion is advised. Okay, here we are. Um, the night after our big live show, which was a blast, was it not? Oh, Darren has no mic today, but um, thank you everybody for tuning into that. That was a blast just for our Patreon people, and we did like a two and a half hour show. It was really fun, but then when I came back, I ordered... Uh, Speaking of the mic, God I damn ordered it. some Indian food, and mm-hmm. I ordered it mi- mild. <laughs> you did? Yeah, and it was so spicy, because with the, with the Re- Reaper thing... Yeah. The, I was I was in pain. Yeah, it was brutal. I couldn't sleep last night. I had a heartburn. <laughs> I was up until 4.30 in the morning because I had that burning knot from the Reaper um, peanut. And then after we left, Darren and I went to my friend's house. And I had a quesadilla and I dipped it in habanero salsa and ate that. And I was miserable. Um, spent half the night in bed, half the night in the bathroom. Great time. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, we're going to do more live shows soon because it really was a lot of fun. <laughs> the feedback's been good. And I want to welcome <clears throat> a new patron today. Um, thank you, Frank Venisi, for oh, joining the party. Yay. And um, I am very excited today. I say that about every guest, of course, but today I definitely mean it. Um, <laughs> we have uh, an author, an actor, director, producer in here who you may not know by name but if you're a horror fan the way I am you know this person um and I feel like I grew up with him in a way so I want to welcome Billy Butler who wrote this book Tawdry Tales and Confessions of Horror's Boy Next nice Door plug. nice plug thank you thank, thank you very you. much that's a good name um, too great yeah, name yeah. you don't see a whole lot yeah. of Tawdry's in the names of things so oh, nice work believe with that. me they didn't want that they, they, they fought me no they were like well those are mostly porn books that start out with Tawdry I'm like have you well, read yeah, that's have kind you read of, the manuscript <laughs> that's a bit of what you I touch on a like bit I like half of LA I mean what is this <laughs> oh my god I can't oh. yeah it's pretty good we're gonna have a good talk we're gonna have a good talk thank you so much for coming um, no, don't apologize. No, don't okay. don't ever apologize for being you, sir. I'm just kidding. Yeah, of course. It's mostly yeah. It's pretty tawdry. It's not just yeah. Of course. It's a yeah. It's a good read. Yeah. So how, a, how did the book come about? And I want to know um, when did you first consider doing it, and uh, how long did you wait until you made the choice to make the book? How long did it take to get started? Well, for the people that are watching that don't know me, I moved here about 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. I was 17 years old. I was one of those weirdos that managed to somehow book an acting job like right away, and mm-hmm. I, I just never stopped. And um, one thing led to another, and I was suddenly in every single major like horror franchise. I was in a Friday the 13th. I was in a Chainsaw Massacre. I was on the Nightmare on Elm Street TV series. What? I was in the remake of George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. I was in the Ghoulies, for God's sakes. Yeah, I was in everything. And so I kind of got this thing that I was that guy that's, you know, the, the, the boy next door in like tons mm-hmm. of like horror films. And um, the older I got, I started um, losing interest in performing and certainly getting killed. Uh, so I started moving on to like writing and I wrote for National Lampoon Magazine. I went, I was under contract 
with the Power Rangers. I started directing Power Rangers and working, writing for Fox. And so throughout the years, uh, my focus was more so on writing and um, directing. And then my need to like want to be a blabbermouth and do stuff as an actor came back and I started doing stage work. Mm -hmm. So um, I was doing these monologue shows that they do in LA. I don't know if you've ever heard of like sit and spin or uh, they have these shows where they'll just give you a theme and you tell a story. Like, so, like improv storytelling kind of thing? Basically, but most true stories, but you're just oh, I see. talking. It's kind of like the moth almost, but you have yeah. that theme. And, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so, I mean, literally, one of them would be like, okay, tonight we're telling stories about shitting our pants. And then, like, every comedian in the room would raise their hand and go, I got a good one, you know. And, <laughs> and then you're laughing until you cry because they're all true stories. And mine was a doozy. And on that particular night... Um, some people from Alamo Drafthouse were in the audience. And so Alamo Drafthouse not only does sort of film mm-hmm. stuff, you know, they have these sort of um, movie, they, movie they theaters. Cool stuff. They, yeah, yeah. They show, but they also have, a, they had a book company. I don't know if they have it anymore called Mondo. And so after I did one of these shows, I got contacted by one of these strangers through Facebook who was like, your story was really funny. And by the way, I was reading from my diary and I started kind of <laughs> getting known from these shows for reading from my diary. And so they're like, have you ever thought about putting these stories into a book? I was like, who in the fuck is going to buy a book from some horror has been, you know? (laughs) And they're like, well, actually we've already done the math and we know that we can sell like 25,000 books. And that makes it, that makes it worth it for us. Cause I guess they had an outlet deal. So I called my parents. I was like, these crazy motherfuckers want think that I'm I'm going to write a book and that people are going to read it. My mom's like, do, will they give you an advance? I was like, <laughs> yes. She's like, what are you waiting for? Yeah. <laughs> and you basically had, you, you kept a diary, so you had all the stories I had, there. I have about 100 diaries from the time I was 17. I mean, I mean, as you'll see in the book, if you're available on Amazon.com. Talk to Tales of Confessions from yeah. Hollywood's Born Next Door. Yeah, Horrors Born Next Door. Excuse me. But I mean, I was here for like two weeks and ended up living in my car at 17. Like, this, the... Going from having nothing to becoming like the story a story of Brad Pitt. Basically. I mean, You're and look, and we're exactly the same. The same. It's like I'm looking in a mirror. <laughs> it's, unbel- it's, it's, it's uncanny. Thank really. you so much. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, from what I hear, we both slept our way into the business anyway. So. Right. Oh, hey, oh, no, actually, no, that's I, I'm, I'm completely made that up. But I will say, I used to see him at auditions all the time. That must it, have been a bummer. Very young. I no, I would just be like, oh fuck this guy. He can't. There's no way he can act. You can't be that beautiful. And then he would book it every single time. And here I am, the boy, <laughs> horse boy next door. <laughs> so if there's anything to be learned from this appearance today, it's just. Don't take Brad anything Pitt. I say. Yeah, yeah serious. Yeah. But um, anyway, so they said, you want to write this book? So then COVID hit, and I was like, I had nothing to do. And so I just wrote the book. I kind of read through my diaries, and I wrote this book. And then as I was writing it, I started really loving doing it. It was really fun. And um, as I started to finish the book, I started noticing that the um, – uh, how do you say when they're emailing you? Correspondence mm-hmm. between me and Alamo Drafthouse was getting less and less. And I was like, I've been in show business long enough to know that when your EP, <laughs> your executive producer stops emailing you, that there's a problem. Not a good sign. <laughs> right. right. So uh, I wrote them and was like, how's everything going? And then I get this, you know, you open the email and it's like this much writing. You're like, okay, my deal's falling apart. They basically said... 
you know, well, so far everything's good, um, but we just want to let you know there is whisperings that Alamo Drafthouse is about to file bankruptcy and they're going to close, and oh, that means that the book oh, company man. would close. But I didn't really give a shit because, you know, listen, I, uh, I'm, I may not be known to your audience, but I'm known by a lot of horror fans. So I thought, what the hell? At the very least, I'll print it. And when they, you know, they have these conventions where they all wheel us in and we sign pictures. And I thought, I have a book. So, like, who cares? I really didn't care. And I think that that's, there's a lot to be said about that. Yep. I wasn't 100%. afraid. I wasn't yep. afraid at all. I was like, fuck it, I'm writing a book, man. And, like, it doesn't cost me anything. And I'm at home eating pot stickers, as we talked about. Yep. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, for during COVID, we did nothing but eat Grubhub. But, yeah. um. Yeah. And, and, like, be like, Grubhub, and then, like, oh, are we going to be dead in two months? <laughs> Better Tiger eat this Grubhub. Yeah. Oh, look, Tiger King's on. Where yeah. are you know? all his teeth? <laughs> yeah, what's going on? He's married to two men. <laughs> Hi, can you bring over more pot stickers? <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah, it was like, I was like that blueberry girl on Willy Wonka. I was oh, perfect. fatter and fatter. So, anyway, um, I finished the book, and I swear to you, out of nowhere, a guy emailed me and was like, because I'm a whore. If you ever see on any of my social, <laughs> I'm constantly, like, when I'm doing something, it's either on my Instagram or whatever. That's really just me fishing, hoping to get other work. It's not, I'm not bragging by any means. Like, you know, the creator of Baby Oopsie doesn't need to be bragging. But I want to <laughs> let people, you know, I, I want to let people know, you know, that I'm working. No one else is going to do it for you. You may as well no, do it yourself. No, certainly not. No one cares. Yeah. So, um, so anyway. We, we know here. We know yeah, how that works. Yeah. Right. So, uh, I keep putting my hand on Tom Brady's head. Oh, enjoy. Here. Enjoy. He's there for you. Here Moral support. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I should like squeeze it like the ball and throw it. But do anyway, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Anyway, so um, this company emailed me and was like, "How's your book coming along? And um, do you have a publisher yet?" And I was like, "I literally wrote like, why are you asking me that?" And they're like, "We're just wondering. Like, we're fans of yours, and we do horror. We do horror guy. They did Kane Hodder's book." They did Tom Savini's book. He's the makeup artist. I love Tom from, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Legend. And so yeah. we're like, we're looking for more books. And I was like, um, hold on a second. <laughs> Put about hold. Call Animal Draft Hop. Do you really want to get out of my deal? Are you pussyfooting around that? Yes, we'd like to. Okay, I'm out of my deal. Yeah. Nice meeting you. Bye. Click. Hello. Yes, I'm actually looking for a publisher. And yes, I'm in the book business. You signed yeah. a deal. I got another fucking advance. And um, wait, that's what I was gonna ask. So. Yeah. So you got the advance the first time, and yeah. so you got got to just keep keep, keep it, it. Yeah, oh my God. I know. Deal. I, that, what do you care, right? What did I care? It would have been probably this has had a slow and steady climb because it's a smaller company, and that one would have been bigger, you know. Right. But you know, the truth of the matter is, you really only make like one or two dollars a book as a, right. as an author. So that's better than musicians, you know. Yeah. I made 20 grand for laying on the couch. Like, that's, that's perfectly fine. It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you know. Good for you. Yeah, it's I'm not it's not Harry Potter. I'm not I don't have Harry Potter money, but you know. <laughs> but the, fe the, the feedback has been good and it was yes. number 1. Yes, it went to number 1. Congratulations. Number one on Amazon and um and people really do like it. I feel really good about that cuz I you know, I thought if I was going to have the audacity to write a book about myself, that the least I could do is just be so raw and ugly truth right and it's just filled with everything that you're you you're cringing that i actually am confessing some parts yeah. of it my drug use yeah. my becoming a multimillionaire, my losing the multi-millions and going back down to zero i mean it's an interesting story of so 
we were what talking not to do in show business. No, we were talking before the show, and everyone in this room has a mutual um, love of Howard Stern. Yes, and that is why we love Howard and that whole cast is because it's the honesty, it's the openness. Yeah. No one holds back. Mm-hmm. You talk about shitting yourself. You talk about you know <laughs> people doing crazy shit. Yeah. And when when you let people into your life, they they love it. And yeah. that's what you did with the book. You and didn't, I have to tell you. It wasn't just a Hollywood glamour No, and they, book. and I think originally Alma Drafthouse, that's what they wanted. They wanted to hear about the zombies and the blah, blah, blah. And I, I, Which and is in there. There's tons of it, yeah. But, but I mean. naked? No, no, no. None of those were naked. But um, um, no, but just, you know. I mean, live, you guys know, you live here. It's like two years, you're loaded and you're making money and you're so happy. And then two years, um, you don't work <laughs> at all. You yeah. know, it's like, yeah. it's like, it's just the weirdest business. It's not like being a plumber where you get a job and you're like, I'm good at it. I'm good at it. I'm great at it. And look at people me. are always going to need me. And I, oh, right. people always need me. And now, oh my God, I'm retired. Right. No, in show business, it's like, you did a hit movie. Everyone loves you. You are oh, shit. You're garbage. Your hair's falling out. Guess what? Yeah. Nobody wants. Oh, you got a wig. All right. You're back in show business. Oh, now you're getting kind of fat. No show. Career over. Oh, well, wait a minute. He's skinny again. And then. Can you direct? Yeah. Yeah. It's like. You're over 30? Gross. It's you know. so gross. Like, I watch. I highly recommend that you watch that Brittany Murphy documentary. I almost oh, uh, did the other night. It's is is such, it good? Yes, it's just such a reflection of my, our friend, awful. our friend Lisa Raphael, who's been on the show a bunch of times, is yeah. in it talking about Brittany. And oh, it's, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She oh, was very friends? close, very close to Brittany. Wow. I, I'm, I'm going to watch that tonight. Actually, but it just goes to show you all the shit that they tell you. Even me, when I was in all these, I was a guy, and I would weigh 180 pounds and book the lead in a movie, and then they would go, uh, "Can you shave off like 15 pounds before we film?" I'm like, "I'm already starving." Like. Yeah. You know, wow. it's just and so that's women, real. That's real shit. For yes, positively, and for women, it's even worse. You know, yep. it's crazy. Like they, she was already thin, and they're like, "Well, you got to be like Gwyneth Paltrow skinny if you want to be a movie star." And then she's like, "All right, I guess food is out of the question." But I mean, that's that's part of it, you know. And you've seen that wow. your whole life. Yes, yeah, for sure, yeah. And and also by the time that um, by the time that I had been acting for about sixteen years, um. Number one, I was sick and tired of starving myself, which I was absolutely doing. Mm-hmm. And number two, I didn't know how to become a character actor at the time. I just knew how to be like like the vanilla cracker boy next door. I didn't know how to be, I didn't know how to get fat and grow weird sideburns and be like, hey, I'm the funny right. guy now. Right, I, didn't, right. I didn't know how to do it. So uh, lucky for me, I can write and direct or I would, you know, so when you were, mowing the lawn. When you, uh, when you first got into the business, you were doing... You were doing, were you doing special effects? Is that what you're doing? Yeah. So what happened was uh, I grew up with this guy, John Bullich, in Northern California, Central California. And we loved horror films. We watched VHS tapes like every single day. What was the horror movie that got you into loving um, horror? Friday the 13th, Mm. um, Evil Dead. The best. Like the craziest weird ones. Anything by George Romero. Yeah. Weird movies like Blue Sunshine. I don't know if you've ever seen that I haven't movie. seen that one, no. Scared the shit out of me. Based on a true story about, oh my God, there's another head on the floor. Of oh, course. you got Mike anyway, Myers. we got a whole Halloween sorry. shit in here. This is terrifying. Yeah, that's so, really scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's when we were like 15, 16 years old. And then John, who was imp- so talented as a sculptor from a very young, young age, actually mailed some Polaroids to Savini. And Savini hired him. 
and he went to go work on Day of the Dead. Come on. Wow. And I was just at home thinking like, wow. And John's like, come on, you know, come to LA. It's like, and you have to understand in like 1983, 84, um, there was a movie filming on every street corner here. You never yeah. were without work. Yeah. That you could be a PA. You could never, it was, it was constant. So I didn't, you know, I, I, I was I didn't really know how to get into acting. I didn't know any actors. And John's like, go to John Beekler's shop, this guy oh, who, who did Jason the Star Command, and he was doing Reanimator at the time. He's like, come there, sweep the floors, work three times harder than he expects you to, and I swear to you, he's going to like you, and you're going to end up working there. Well, that's exactly what happened. And after about my third week, he gave me pay, a paycheck. And where was that? This is over in uh, on Sherman Way in the Laurel Canyon, right down the street, yeah. actually. Yep. Wow. And uh, John Beekler was the only person in Los Angeles uh, that I met at that age who asked me, you know, he asked me into his office, and he's like, but what do you want to do? What do you want to end up doing? And I was like, oh, I want to be an actor. And he's like, well, then we have to make that happen for you. He's literally the only person in LA that ever said that to me that didn't want to fuck me or murder me. You know right. what I mean? Like or he both. genuinely <laughs> meant it, you know, like, Oh, I'll help you with your career. Like usually, you know, we all kind of go like, uh -oh, what's happening? What, where, where do I stand? What do I bend over now? But like, uh, back then he, he, he did it and he did do it. He was that kind from the jump. Yes. He introduced me to Charles band and he was like, this guy's really good. They, they slowly but surely realize I'm a good painter. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of taught me the certain kind of paints that they use for the, because it's a rubber paint, you know? Right, right. And I started painting. I painted the ghoulies. I painted the, the garbage pail kid heads. You're yeah. kidding me. Yeah. I watched that movie what? six months ago yeah. for the first time in years. Yeah, I almost ruined garbage pail kids. Um, I mean, I was it wasn't great. No, no, is, I made but. it worse. I made it worse. So um, I was just learning how to paint. And uh -huh. so they, they realized that I had a good eye for laying layering color. And um, so they said, here's the paints and here's the garbage pail kids heads. There were like eight of them, I want to say. Mm -hmm. So I painted them. And then we went to set, and they looked really good. And, the, you know, it's, it's like foam latex that they use for right. the skins of this stuff. And um, they put the little people in the suits, and then they were all radio control heads. Some of them were just cable pulled. And they went like this and pulled the cable to make their mouths open, and they open their mouth, and it goes... Oh, no. And it ripped on both sides all the heads. <gasps> and then everyone stayed calm, and they were like, what the... Why the fuck is it doing that? So John Criswell, who's now the head uh, mechanic for the Muppets, um, came over to me. He was—he's the one who did the mechanics for the car. So he's like, "Hey, how much of the um, <laughs> of the rubber adhesive uh, glue did you mix in with the paint when you were painting the heads?" And I went, and in my mind, I was thinking, "What's that?" <laughs> oh. But what You're I like, but Sarah? what I said to him was the average amount. <laughs> hey, very right, very smooth. And then I went back to the shop and I told my friend Mike Deke who worked in the shop, like, I didn't put any of this prosthetic adhesive in there. So I just painted the heads with acrylic paint. Which cracks so, when you move it. Which cracks yeah. when it dries out, yeah. So uh, <laughs> they had to put cotton and latex. So if you watch the movie, if you look close, they have these little, like, joker scars in the corners of the... That's because of me, because I fucked wow. up. Oh, they, they didn't hire Industrial Light and Magic to go in and touch no, it up? No, there wasn't, there wasn't <laughs> even cell phones at that point, you know? There was no computers, no nothing. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I must did that. And how did you get the jump from, from doing effects into... Was acting your next thing? Yeah. So what happened was um, we started doing more and more projects. And I kept telling John, like, 
thank you for this, but I really do want to start acting. He's like, all right, I'm working on it. So one day he just goes, go to Charlie Band's office in Hollywood. He's the owner of, at the time, Empire Pictures. Again, they did Reanimator. They did so many films. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, he's, he's like the owner of the company. He's like, no, he's nice. Just go there. Bring your picture and your resume. Okay. So I go in there and Charlie's at his desk. I'm just like, just so young. I came to tell you. He's like, yeah. I'm like, hey, I'm William Butler, Billy Butler. What are you, early 20s at this point? Yeah, or? no, uh, bef- early, early late 20s. Yeah, okay. like about barely 20. Okay. And he's like, yeah, oh yeah, you're the kid that um, that uh, Beekler says wants to be an actor. I'm like, yeah. He's like, hmm, look like an actor to me. He goes, uh, go down to casting. So I go down to Anthony Barneo. It was across the street. The building was on La Brea and like Hollywood Boulevard. I think it's a gym now. Actually, I think it's since then even closed down after that. But okay. um, I went down. Anthony Barneo gave me some sheets of paper. He goes, here, read this. And I read it. And I went, okay, cool. I'll give you a part in Ghoulies too." And I was like, seriously? Come to Hollywood, folks. It's that easy. Wait, well, wait, that, wait. see, I thought that because <laughs> I just was like, oh. And I was like, but wait, Ghoulies 2 that films in Italy? It's like, yeah, you can go to you can go to it. You can travel out of the country, right? I was like, <laughs> almost like fainted in my chair. I go. Had you, had you been anywhere at that point in your life as far as I'd traveling? Been to, uh, I'd been to Spain for Charles, working on a film called Eliminators, which is with uh, Denise Crosby and Patrick Reynolds and a bunch of people. It was a Terminator ripoff. Perfect. Um, and I had behaved myself on set there. I was the official um, paint retoucher. On the robot suit, which which was the Eliminator, which was this fake Terminator guy. So anyway, they knew I was I could behave overseas, and then I next thing I knew was flying to Rome, and I got my SAG card, and I was in this fun movie, and it was supposed to shoot for a month. We were there for three months, and basically, I ended up what? for the next five years. I ended up pretty much living in Rome, doing acting and doing special effects. No shit. I, I worked on From Beyond. I worked on RoboJocks. I worked on The Caller. I worked on, oh my God, so many. And those were all acting gigs. Troll. You were in Dolls. Yep. Yeah. Oh, doll, I love right, dolls too. An- was good. Which one was Jennifer Aniston? That was Troll. No, she's in Leprechaun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, wait, wait. I have well, just really quick before I forget because yeah. I'll, I'll forget because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm old right now. I can see all of this as a movie. I know everyone says that. That's what everyone says. Back in the eighties, and like I can see you, like you know what I mean. Everyone says that, but I don't really know that. Yes, okay, I'm buying the rights. If you're from HBO, um, it is kind of a like. No, but that's what I do. That's what I'm. I'm, That's it. We're not. We're not even close to done. Like it's a. It's a. It's a Forrest Gumpian. uh, um, (laughs) But I'm telling you, trajectory in a way. Very close. I'm telling you right now. I'm going to do okay, good. your movie. Okay, okay good. go on. Okay, go on. So anyway, so basically I was there for five years, and then um, uh, through trial and error, I got I became a better and better an act, actor, and by the time I came back home, I had my SAG card, and I worked on one last movie called Prison that we filmed in With White, Kane. With Kane right? Hodder, and that's mm-hmm. where I met Kane Hodder, and that's where I met um, Viggo Mortensen, who's still my friend to this day. He, mm-hmm. I'm, was sorry, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm um, sorry. Yeah. Let's hold on for a second. Yes. You feel free to touch yourself, Heidi. It's fine. It's fine. We do you that. You don't right understand. Here. I'm talking young Viggo Mortensen too. Peak. You don't understand. Oh, I he, believe me. He was me. Mar- married to Exine um, Cervenka. Okay, who yeah. was my favorite, and I was yeah. in a metal band for years. No way. Which yes. one? The Electric Hellfire Club. Well, I don't actually think I know that. You Maybe we did do. run industrial you know, band. I used to yeah. sell their T-shirts. I used to sell X's T-shirts. So we probably yeah. Yeah. Because Maybe our, that's how our, you know we, like, we toured with like Guar and stuff, and Guar oh, was very like. Oh, I okay. love Guar. Yeah. So you know who I'm working with now in who? Cleveland? Um, 
they wear masks too. Slipknot? No. No, in Cleveland, they're like a big Ohio. Oh, band. Oh, 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 is it uh, Dope uh, or Ventana or one no, of those? You no, know, no, it's my Skinny is the guy's name. I my think. ex is Mark Marco Shea, and Marco, I'm sure. Why that you can't know. I think of the name of it? It's, it's like called... something very, very well oh. known. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, they're incredible. Go. They like loan me. <laughs> They're, they're like the nicest people on the planet. They come and loan us equipment, and they come hang out. And okay, and yet I can't remember any of their names or their band name. They're on the spot. It's fine. This goes to show. It's fine. They're, it's like I, skullduggery or it's something feel, like yeah, it's uh, scullery or something. I feel bad for them because I feel like they're such a great band. Yeah, but they've got all those other ones before that. You know what I mean? But yeah. they're but they've been around for a long time. Yes, yeah. really long time. A really, and long they're time. really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good that I can't remember the yeah. name, but I will. <laughs> Okay, so Vigo. You're okay, so Vigo. So Vigo and I became friends. I ended up moving in with them. That, that okay. So him, listen to the him lineup. And X- X- uh, yeah, we split a house. They. I can't take this. Yeah, this is so they weird. had part of the house, like literally, like it was cut in half, and here, I had the other here in LA in in uh, in Koreatown. Oh my god. Yeah, which was at the time we thought it was Hancock Park, but. Later on, it was pointed out. That's close enough. We lived in Koreatown. Yeah. Yeah. It was fancier to say yeah. that we lived. Yeah. He didn't care. It's where, uh, Hancock, he didn't Park, care. Hancock Park adjacent. Hancock Park, oh, you but do? It, but it's... Where? What street? Don't don't tell. She is, we, tell she is a weird people. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. But I'll tell you later. But okay. it's... But yeah. I lived on Van Ness. I did too. Van Ness and 3rd. I did too. With a church? By the church? 248 South... That's what that was. I don't live there anymore. Everybody, the but, church. You know where the church is. Yeah, but I I lived at my aunt and uncle's in the back house, in between third and second. Yeah. on Van Ness. Heidi, talking to the mic. On Van Ness. <laughs> now <laughs> that is a good safe neighborhood. It was anyway when we lived there. Is that where it was? We lived. Yeah, we lived right there. Were you south of the church or north of um, the church? Um, I was south of the church. Wow, we were lived yeah. on the same street. Yeah, and you know who lived right next door to us. Was Michael Dudikoff? Do you know who that is? He that name sounds American very familiar ninja. to me. He was the American Ninja. Oh my god! Oh, so it was wow. all these like struggling actors with brown hair on that street. It was like me, Vigo, Michael Dudikoff, and we were all. You know, Wait, is just, this all in the book? Yes. Of oh my god! So then, like, silly. So, so this you, is insane. Yeah. So I lived with him for them for about four years. So my lineup of roommates is wow. pretty good. I went from Vigo Mortensen. To a guy named Brad Sherwood, who does whose line is it anyway? Yeah. He's an improviser. Oh, yeah. and we were roommates. I Wait, to- the tall blonde? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I tortured him. Yes. I was in the. <laughs> I may or may not have been in the throes of a slight drug problem at the time. <laughs> hey, not party the, on. Not the best roommate. You know, <laughs> I'd go like four days without eating, and then when he'd leave the house, I'd eat everything of hit. Like I literally <laughs> drink pickles out of the jar. Roommates love that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. great to have a tweaker as a roommate. Yep. But anyway. Um, so then from Brad Sherwood, then I, to make matters worse, I became roommates with Lashley Jordan. <laughs> Who's and, my favorite? Yes. Love, I saw him at the dog park like two years ago and I was the creepy, like, I was like, hi, I, re- I oh, love he your loves work. It. I'm sure he loved he it. He was really sweet, yeah, but I really felt really cre- creepy. <laughs> what made you a fan of Leslie Jordan, Heidi? Me? Yep. What got um, you in? Well, uh, Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. And I just, I... He just reminds me, he actually reminds me of an old teacher I had in Texas. And he just is, he's freaking hilarious. I'm looking up Cleveland Horror Band because it's making my... um, He's one of the funniest 
people. I mean, I hope yeah. he's like that in real life too, right? Like, is he, he is. Or is he, he more like, no, he's quiet. very, very nice. We're, we're like family. Like we're very, very close. And during However, the qu- quarantine during COVID. He got COVID, super famous. Cause it was hilarious. Did you ever see, see him during? No. Oh my God. He got like so good. five. Now it's up to 6 million <laughs> followers on he Instagram. He was amazing. He just, just bitching. Because like, Hi, he, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he was, Living in the same town or down down the street from from his mom, right? So yes. he'd go to his mom's house and he'd check on his. Oh my god! You just got. Please go back back and look at him. I just am in love <laughs> love, love with him. If he was well, now the problem is now is that he was already famous because he was on Will and Grace. And yeah, like that. but now it's like, hey, do you want to go have? He's in he's in bed by like seven thirty every night, so he eats dinner at like four in the afternoon. Oh, I love it. He doesn't do you know he's been sober forever. I didn't quite make that pass over, but uh, <laughs> I did manage to move away from like any other street drug I could get my hands on. Just, it's an improvement. Yeah, him yeah. and I, you, as you will read in there, him and I, there was no off switch for either one of us. Oh you know, God. it's funny. I'm speaking of uh, speaking of drugs. Um, I have a lot of friends. I'm from a very conservative town, so I have a lot of friends that are um, they don't want the vaccine and all this stuff. And to me, I don't care if you don't want it. it doesn't same. Thing. Uh, yeah, I'm like if you don't same, want same. it, if you don't want it, yep. it, it don't matter to me. I'm gonna get it's it. On you, so yep. fat and old, I'm getting <laughs> it. But um, but my friends like, but why, man? Why do you want to put something that you you don't know what it is in your body? And then I go, well, I'll tell you something. I used to drive behind Cantor's Deli at like four in the morning and buy Mexican tar heroin from a homeless guy. <laughs> I don't think the vaccine is going to yeah. fuck my shit up. <laughs> yeah. Good, good, very I, valid you know, point. I told my sister, I used to do cocaine on the back of a toilet right, at a bar. Exactly. I'm good. Right. <laughs> it's okay. And I've also done worse things. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not even going to say <laughs> what. Too. I'm not even talking that's, about drugs. That's, that's my mouth has been in a lot of places. You've had worse universe. things in your body. Worse things in your body I think than drugs. My immune system is just fine. Yeah. So anyway, sorry about that. Sorry. I'm freaking out the engineer. But um No, he loves it. it. No. Sorry, Darren. I can hear him getting hard over there. I can hear uh, it from yeah, here. Yeah. Not a pretty sight. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so uh where did I go? Oh, so then yeah, so Leslie and I, we sort of reinvented misbehaving in the worst way. But what I was my point about Leslie is is that he's so famous now that I'm like, hey, do you want to go have dinner? And he's like, I can't. I'm having dinner with Michelle Pfeiffer tonight. I'm like, oh, you bitch. I, I drug you out of a gutter one time and helped you wipe your shitty ass. Forgot where he came from. Well, Katie, what a shame. Katie Kirk's coming over for breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> Stop I'm like, it. bitch, we used to shoot dope together. What the <laughs> fuck is going on here? Sorry, Heidi, you're not making a new friend, it doesn't well, sound like. What? No. Oh. Him. Jim. Or uh, Jordan. Jordan. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. oh, he'll love him. No, I'm not, fam- I'm not famous enough. It's okay. No, no, no. He'll, no. I love him. No, no. Yeah, yeah. So you, you talked about Vigo for a second. Yeah. Are, are you the kind of person where you, uh, you root for your friends to succeed, or is it hard watching them become... Like absolute. I mean, he's a superstar. I have to say, I think I'm go back such and forth? a narcissist that it never occurs to me. <laughs> Doesn't it? like, oh, cool, that's cool. Whatever. What about me? Working on your what own stuff. I, yeah, yep. I got bills to pay. Yep. Like, <laughs> I never like think about anyone else long enough to be jealous or anything. I'm just, you know, because I've, I've I grew up playing. You know, I've been here for 22 years playing with bands and working for rock bands, and I see it so often that. You know, people are in a band that has a little bit of buzz. Their friends are in a band that has buzz. Uh-huh. The other band goes on to do great stuff. 
and the other guys just are so bummed about it. That should have been us. Rather than be happy yeah, for the you friends. Yeah, you can't be that way. Uh, you, you'll, end up it hang, you back. you'll end up hanging yourself, especially if you live here for any period of time because it happens over and over again. And the All truth, the time. And the truth of ma- the matter is this. In regards to my friends that have become very famous, they do have a very different life than when you are eating, when you're laying in Hancock Park sharing a can of chili because that's all you can afford. They have a very different life. And it's like the, the subjects of conversation are, are different. Oh, so yeah. I'm cool, but I can definitely tell you that it has made a difference in some of those yeah. relations. I'm not just talking about those two. Just in, in general, right. it's like... It's like when friends have kids and all of a sudden I've lost one, my friends. Oh, yeah. Good call. One hundred percent. But I call and say, hey, you want to go do something? I can't. I can't. I've what about been years no. since I've seen my friends who have kids? Like what about this? When they send you with an email inviting you to their kid's birthday party, yeah, I'm what like, am I gonna "Fuck do? that! I'm not fucking going." Like I my always friend, go because I feel bad. I'm like, I'd rather get COVID. No, I went one time. They don't want someone like I'm. Like, where's the booze? What's going on? Who's holding? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> sort of kidding. <laughs> At a yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, I don't do any drugs anymore. I would. Dr- I, I would explode. Sorry. You're what? Oh, yeah. I would drop dead. But um. Thank you. No. Yeah, that just happened just recently. One of my really good friends, who's a total jackal, I love her, but she had a kid, and she's like, yeah, we're having a party for my kid. I'm like, nope. I will not. I went to the other one, and it was like a fucking Bob the Builder party, and I'm like, I... I'm just standing there like, okay, where's... You know. Two things I don't want to go to is, is awful? kids' birthday Probably, parties right? and, uh, and weddings. Those are the two things I don't want to go to. Yeah, straight boys really hate going to weddings. Yeah, why especially is that? When, well, cause especially when a girl invites you to a wedding, because it's all like, see how good it can be. <laughs> I've never been a part of that, but like, yeah, yeah. weddings are tough. I mean, well, I've yeah. had some, been Plus, a couple. I also look like... a. Chaz Bono. I look like a lesbian in a suit. <laughs> I look like Chaz Bono in a suit. And so I'm like choking and like, I look like a lesbian umpire. Brutal. Yeah, Brutal. with the coat on. I'm a baseball fan, so I like that reference. You Thank know you what for I'm that. saying. Thank you for that. Bono. I do. And so I hate putting on a suit because I look like on the trans, transsexual. Something's going on there. Like, I'm, you know. I'm a. I know I'm a lady face. I a tuxedo it. is for a certain body type. Right. It really is. It's not for. A I don't have dick Like fifty five year old. It's just not. I want to go. I I was supposed to go this week weekend to a wedding. That's why. I, and and my boyfriend's in New York. He's filming. But I want to go. But I don't have a lot of friends. You're going to a wedding? No, I was. Oh. I couldn't wait. I wanted to dance. I well, wanted go to go by like, yourself. What's wrong? No, with I that? didn't. I didn't go because no, it was my. It's my boyfriend's family, but I want to go, but I don't have a lot of friends. Next time I get invited, hey, you can go for I'm, me. I'm okay with that. I'm really? that way okay. too. Yeah, like, so I never... The only time it feels <clears throat> starts to feel really weird is when you really get so set in your, doing your own thing, and I have, you know, I have three dogs, and literally, mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, are we ready to go to bed, and you guys can go outside and go to the bathroom? <laughs> and then, I would just, just last night, so funny you should bring this up, I was, we were all walking to the bedroom, and I was like, there's got to be something creepy about this, you know? Like, <laughs> Norman Bates with his his own his dog friends, you know. But uh, prepare yourselves, dogs. Yeah. We're having a night. Yeah. Well, no. I'm sorry no. I interrupted you. Yeah. Sorry. sorry. I'm a chronic interrupter. I have to apologize in advance. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. It's the Red Bull talking. It's meal time. But I just went to my dog this afternoon. It's not my dog. It's my boyfriend's dog, and he like went went up on my legs, and I'm like, I love it when you do that. And I was like, Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> who am I? You're yeah, crazy. Are you a ba- do you baby talk your dogs as well? You do. Yes. I don't baby talk. I do their voices. Uh-huh. They don't have That's voices. Awesome. I love no, that. I do I their voices. That. I love oh that. no. Yeah. What are their names? Henry. Yes. Eddie Spaghetti, and Yogi. 
Oh my god. Yeah, and Yogi was uh, so this is to be a lesson for everyone listening. So I'm on Facebook. I'm like insanely animal mm-hmm. friendly. So I'm sitting on Facebook as I do, and I see one of those things. They kind of have stopped doing it, but there was like this ad where it's like, "This dog <laughs> will be put to sleep at four in the afternoon." I'll take him. Yes. And I went. Yeah. So I get on the thing, like, and it's like looked like a cute dog. It was small. <laughs> and I get on them, rolling my eyes. I'm like, "Please don't put him to sleep. If no one will foster him, I will. You know, there's no need to put him to sleep. But for crying out loud, just." Let me know, and I'll foster him. And I thought, it's L.A. There's millions of people here, right? right? I go like this, send, and the phone goes, ring! I'm like, hello? And they're like, can we bring the dog by? I'm like, oh, my God. So like, uh, yeah, of course. I'm like, oh, fuck. So they're like, a few things you need to know. I'm like, what? He's like, he's never been in a house before. He was raised in the streets of downtown L.A. He's oh, feral. No. He oh. bites. Oh, Jesus. Um, he doesn't like other he doesn't, dogs. He doesn't like other dogs. He doesn't like other people. Oh, my God. And I was like, okay. Okay, I'm officially fostering him. Start looking for somebody to take this dog. Well, odds are he'll be put to sleep. I'm like, get him over here. So they get him over here. That little dog, Yogi, stupid name for a dog, but it, it was his. He, he, he came he, with he it. Knew, he knew the name, yeah. so I kept it. Hmm. He sat in that crate for like four days. No water, no restroom, no eating, no nothing. Oh, he wouldn't come out. Nope. And oh. then finally he started coming out. And and he's a, a follower, and so my my dog Eddie is very sort of wanting to play all the time. Next thing I knew, they were playing him like best friends. I was like, <gasps> "Where's the paperwork? I guess I'm filling it out." He still has only let me hold him. He's lived with me for two years. He's only let me hold hold him like three or four times. No. Oh, really? Yeah. Poor Yogi. Can you pet him, or just you can't pick him up? He, he stiffens up oh. and gets really scared. But he mm. looks at me and wags his tail like he knows I'm his dad now. But. Your friends from afar is what you are. Yes. Yeah. And I've taken him to, I've taken him to the groomer. I try to bathe him myself. I prefer to go to the groomer, but chasing, I have to chase him down for like an hour to like get him to the groomer. Anyway, I'm sure everyone's really interested. <laughs> and in what this. kind of do- dogs are your other okay, dogs? Okay, so Henry is a 14 year old Pomeranian mm. and a teacup Pomeranian. He's I small. Love those dogs. He's partially bald because I had an auto auto groomer come to groom them, and the lady shaved him. <laughs> And apparently you can't shave Pomeranian, so his whole back is bare. So he wears... I'll show you a picture of him. He must be humiliated. He, he is, actually. Oh, I, I yeah. mean it. Uh, Does it grow back? It grows no. back. No, oh, it never grows no. back. Wait, what? It never grows back. So he's bald. Oh, no. So guess what he... Because, because he's humiliated. Scarlet letter, dude. Because he's humiliated, he wears these. Oh, no. <gasps> Look at him. Right? Oh my God, Henry! Text me that picture. I'm gonna put it up for the okay. uh, for the, uh, for the replay. No. Yeah. <laughs> so to answer your question, yes, I do his voice. But anyway, um. And then what's what? What's the other one? Uh, Eddie Spaghetti. Eddie's He's spaghetti. amazing. He. So I had this one Gibby named after Gibby Haynes. Of course. Uh-huh. I surfers. love being yeah. in a room where they know yeah. who Gibby Haynes is. Of course. Welcome come on. Come on. A lot of people don't. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. And again, I during my party days, that was a good run. But um, I named Gibby, my dog Gibby, after Gibby Haynes. Where is Gibby these days? Is I don't he know. in L.A. still? I have no idea. He went back to Texas. the South. Yeah. I never knew him. Yeah, because, because Renee Zellweger, didn't she date his Think brother? Something like and that. And he yeah. died? Remember yeah. that? Okay, go on. Okay. Sorry. I remember uh, passing out on the floor of... <laughs> go ahead. You can say it. <laughs> uh, I may or may not have spent a few days holed up in Johnny Depp's house with... Gibby and uh, I believe it. Amazing. crawling around on the floor in there. 
Anyway, I spent uh, a little time with Johnny. I, I can, I, I think I know what you, you know mean. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would nice love person, to crawl though. on the floor with one of the nicest people I've ever met. And I will say this like, uh, you know, when people talk about when someone walks into a room, they have like an aura, that's which how I, never, Vigo I, is. I always thought was bullshit. That's how Vigo was until I yep. walked past two people in my life. Yep, uh, Bill Clinton, I walked past and yep. I was like, that dude has something going yep. on. And Johnny Depp has this, yeah, like light or something. Yeah, and he is so incredibly kind. Yeah, and uh, will remember your name no matter who you are. Yep. He knows your name with your a crew yeah. person or a friend of a friend or whatever. I was very impressed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vigo was the same way. When That's I first, great. As it, as it says in my book, when I first met him, he was one of those people. He walks in the room and his whole presence fills the entire room and you can't stop. It's unexplainable unless you've seen it. Something mathematical about their faces, I think. You know, there's something. Something to it. They, uh, That's how Michael Jordan was too. Oh, I really? can believe that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're just kind of like, that's someone famous or someone going to be famous yeah. or something yeah. special. They're on their way yeah. if they're not there already. Do you want to hear, speaking of famous people knowing your name, you want to hear the greatest day of my life? Yes, so, please. Um, there's an actress by the name of Colleen, Colleen Camp. She's been around yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. She was in Clue. Of course. She's yeah, yeah. in Valley Girl. And Who was she in Clue? Love her, the blonde she girl. was the French maid yeah. in Clue. Love her. Yes. But she's awesome. She's now a very famous producer, sort of, they call her the Oscar whisperer because every year she throws these gigantic parties where they get people to push the movies that they what? want to be nominated. I didn't know she was still, wow. Yeah, they call her the Oscar whisperer. I love this behind the scenes shit. Oh, I love I, this, this stuff. Like so I have I, somehow throughout the years ended up on this list uh, that I get invited. Like I was at the, um, what's oh the one where the God, Korean family really? took over that house? Parasite. I was there. Mm-hmm. I was the fighter. I was at everything. And I want to say maybe it was the fighter. I can't remember what, there was a two times. Uh, so at the, f- Colleen has parties at her house, which Say that where that is, but no, that was no. a big part of her. So I went there, and every Koreatown, every movie star in the in the planet was at her house. Like literally, it's like, oh, there's Tom Cruise. Wow, J Lo. Oh, here's um, Marky Mark, that guy. You know, it's like I mean, everyone's famous except for me. Borat was there. Like everyone was there, and I met Robert De Niro, and mm. here he is at this party, right? And he's like, hey, yeah, and he's leaning forward, like, what's your name? And Billy, like, blah blah blah. Oh, it's nice to meet you. And he, he literally was looking at you like while he's talking. Like a lot of those people at that party, they, they, they're they looking around. This right. is the way they look. Watch. Right. Past your head. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, and yeah, they're, yeah. They're not even. Yeah. They're, yeah. Mark Wahlberg <laughs> in particular. And like Penny Marshall was like not even listening to me when I was. I made the mistake of saying how much I loved her, which apparently was like a big no-no because she <sighs> didn't like it. But other whole other story. So I met Robert De Niro. So then about like three weeks later, I get invited to Chateau Marmont. I can't think of the movie. I can't think of the movie, but it was around that same time period of the fighter. And I'm, I go up to the bar and Robert De Niro's like right at the bar. And then I look at him. I'm thinking he's never going to remember me. And he goes, Hey Billy, how are you? I go, no fucking God, way. Robert De Niro knew my name. Oh, like, what's your name him. again? Yeah. Bob? Yeah. Robert De Niro remembered. That's wow. pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Let's see if it happens this year. No, I'm kidding. Who would have thought like when you were a kid growing up in Fresno or it was a Fresno where you're from? Mm, Yeah. That someday De Niro would remember your name. Dude, forget that. What about someone from Fresno flying to Italy? I just was like, I should be selling meth. You might be the only person. You might be the only person that ever ever (laughs) flew from Fresno to Italy that wasn't like a... Flew and flee. There are two things. There you go. We fled from LA and then we flew to Rome. But then also the the fact that uh, someone said, I want to help you... And no. they actually went did through it. with he it. He really did. And so did, did Charles Never Band. happens here. Yeah, so did Charles. Never happens Never. here. Never. Nope. Um, so we, we mentioned uh, John Beekler earlier. And uh, 
we have a lot of horror fans that watch this show just because we talk oh, about movies so much. And I, I've been doing radio for 12 years. We talk about horror all the time. John Beekler is responsible for making the best Jason Voorhees. And oh. it's, it's undeniable. Yeah. The part seven, uh, the, uh, the new blood, Jason is the best one. Yeah. And that's the Jason that killed you. Yes. And I'm the first person that Kane Otter killed. It's amazing. Jason. Well, actually, I'll tell you a little something that's a little bit of a brag. When, when Kane was in the movie Prison, I helped apply the makeup, the monster makeup that Kane wore in that movie. And that oh. makeup that he wore in that movie is what convinced Paramount to let him be Jason. You made so, Jason. I'm part of it. I was part of it. You got Kane in a yeah. way. And Kane helped. says that. Kane says it still to this day. And then I ended up. The weird part is I ended up being in Friday the Thirteenth, and then it just, it just it was such a nice time for me because I I really didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I somehow was in show business, and then to not only be in show business but go to set and see people that you've already worked with, it's, it just feels so like. I'm really in the system. Like, hey, Kane, how's it going? Hey, John Beekler, what's up, man? You know, like, it, it's, it was awesome. Wow. It was really, I was really the luckiest nerd on the planet, I have well, to tell you. I'm also a, a nerd. I'm a horror nerd. So truly having you here is really a treat for me. Oh, thank because, you. Because, like, I watched that movie. I watched Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw 3. I've seen both of those movies hundreds of times. Like, <laughs> you are Ryan you. to me more than anybody else. <laughs> Ryan, which is cool. your character in Leatherface. Yeah, that's well, that. you need oh. to come with me to signings because oftentimes when they. Do you know how bad I want? I've never been to a convention. I've wanted to go my whole life. Oh, I've just never done go. it. I just went to Texas Frightmare. It's like the best horror convention on the planet. Oh, I thought we were gonna have earthquake. Oh no! I'm like, oh my god, this would be so cool. No, but anyway, uh, you know what's funny is uh, oftentimes people bring posters for us to sign, and I've been in so many of those films that they always go, "Can you write your name and can you write your characters?" And I almost like write the wrong character because well, it's so Ryan Leatherface. It. It's Michael, Michael yeah. in Seven. Wow! Right? Okay. I know I my stuff. I mean, yeah, uh, listen. When I first moved, to, I moved here in '99, and one of the first uh, people I met was uh, a guy who was killed by Freddy in uh, in uh, Part Four, Dream Master. Who was that? Um, I think it's Andres. Oh yeah, right. He's a musician. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So I was at a friend's house, and and he happened to Andres be over Jones, there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I recognized him, and he was like, "Whoa, I don't get, I don't get recognized a lot for, for Freddy, for, yeah, for that." But uh, the, people like you and people like that are the people I was most excited to start seeing in and LA. And it was really fun to be a part of that group. That's and what even, I want to know. Yeah. Like, did you feel it? Like, mm -hmm. could you tell? We're still friends, all of us. That's I amazing. mean, I'm directing this this new series that I do for Amazon Prime called Resonator, Miskatonic mm -hmm. U. First two episodes are on Amazon Prime right now. Mm -hmm. But Amanda Wiss actually is one of the villains Tina. in the show. Yeah. And I, every time she's talking to me, I just stare at her. I'm just thinking like, wow, it's Tina from Nightmare on Elm Street. The first, the first person you know? Freddie killed. Yeah. 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 So, uh, it's yes. such an. So it seems that. like such a um, familial community. It, it is the horror thing. It is, and more so. Even the older you get, it's more like. If, first of all, if you're fortunate enough to still be alive, because mm -hmm. some people croak out. Um, it is kind of like a particularly the Friday the Thirteenth people. It's almost like we went to high school together, even well, if I mean, you're in a different franchise. The movie's based on a camp in a way. You guys all went to the same camp. Together. Yeah, but I mean, even like. You know, Adrian, who's in the first one, I'm friends mm -hmm. with her. Mm -hmm. Like you just from going to these conventions, you just end up being friends and it's such it's a great community. What to about be in. Kyle Richards? Are you friends with her? 
Is she the girl? She's in Halloween. Yeah, she's in that new one. I didn't yeah. really like that. Did you watch it? I, I loved seen it. it. You did? Oh, you saw it? The the first, the one no, a couple the, years ago? No, the one no, that just came one. out on Friday night. I'm seeing it today, Saturday? I'm seeing it yeah. tomorrow okay, night. Okay, let me know how you like it. I, I've heard it's either it. the worst in the franchise or <laughs> it's fantastic. I'll tell oh. you, if you like, um, what's his name? Michael Myers killing people. It's fucking fantastic. I heard they amped that up quite a yeah, bit from the so last one. Oh, that really? part of it, it if, if that's why you're there, you're going to l- absolutely love it. And and by the way, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it feels to me, it felt like an episode of a TV show because they know there's another one. Right. And it's kind of like, and we as, all a know. Writer, right, sure. as a writer who has to, I go, all right, here's, I, I warn everyone. Okay, here's the episode where everyone's talking. So just get ready because that, you know, money-wise, <laughs> you kind of got the feeling that they just went... Make this one exciting, stabby. And we're really giving it to him on the last story one. story heavy. Right. Yeah, right. And then at the end. So so it's not it's not bad, but it just, I kind of, it wasn't really keeping my attention because how many times, you know, they, they do come up with some very good kills. Of course. I really don't really mean to badmouth it, but. Um, I don't think you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think you I are. I just was kind of like, yeah, whatever. Cool. You know? I, I'll yeah. take it. I mean. You don't have to like everything, by the way. I mean, like, I was in all the original recipe. What do I care about those <laughs> retreads? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> At what point, like, because you, you did those movies, you were you were in Freddy's Nightmares too. I was on the TV series, yeah. You were in two episodes, and how yeah. do, you play two different characters. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. I don't know why it's so funny to me, yeah. but, to, but to play two characters in the well, same because I'll series. Tell you why, I'll tell you why. Because every time I would do a fucking movie... They would hire me, and then they would change everything about me, oh. how I would look. They'd dye my hair black, or they make it blonde. Or they, I never looked the same ever. I'd have glasses or whatever. At the time, I loved it, but that except for when they has to be a those film. those they episodes hair those episodes way. are hard to find of Freddy's Nightmares. Yeah, but I also loved those as a kid. Were you on screen with Freddy in those? Yeah. Yes. Did he kill you? Uh, no. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But you've been on screen with with the greats. Yes, that's pretty amazing. One I didn't die at all, and then one I would saw him, but I love it. Die. Yeah. So I was, I was saying that I've I've recognized people. I, I worked at a hair salon in uh, in the valley here when I was like twenty three, and my boss had a client come in, uh, kind of like a middle aged woman came in, and she looked familiar to me. I'm like, I think I know this woman. She sat down and she started talking, and I was like, That's Sue Blue. <laughs> Tina. Yeah. Sue Blue, who was in the, she was the, the mom in, in the movie that he was in, uh, Friday the 13th, part she's seven. She's also oh. a very famous animation voice lady. Oh, and yeah, she's that's like right. she's like Smurfette, and she's like Wonder Woman, and she's the animation wow. voice. That's and what she's, she's done more of, yeah. is, uh, is the voice and work. And a really, really nice person. Oh, she like, was wonderful. Completely fun. And yeah. she's another one where I was like, are, are you, were you in Friday the 13th? And she just started laughing like crazy. She goes, I can't believe that you know that. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm bit of a lunatic i love yeah. this stuff I, like people, i grew up like i, I grew up uh i was born in 79 so when you were in those movies it was like peak time mm-hmm. for me you know i was eight nine ten eleven years old and yeah. um i've been a horror fan since i was five i got it from my, my mom got me into horror movies and i got the base motel and stuff on there that's cool but um those movies it was that was my escape from everything like me my, too. My, my home life was awful mine too i hated it mine too and I was sad. If I wasn't in my room, Me too. I was sad. You yeah. have to read this book. Oh, I'm going to. Story. Once I learn to read, I promise I'm going to read uh-huh. it. No, I'll read I, it to you. I'll that'd be great. You. We'll do like a little snuggle yeah. party. Yeah. Um, but Same thing. So like the, I grew these up. These movies in, mean so much to me yeah. and so much, so many people. And I think horror fans seem to connect with these things so much more than any other kind of genre. For sure. Movies. And, the, and they are a very dedicated bunch, the horror fans. Mm-hmm. They're very particular. 
Um, but they are very, very nice. And I mean, I still to this day, I mean, every day I get instant messages from people that say that sometimes they'll, I'll give you a really good example. I was, uh, I was at a screening, not even here in town. It was in Ohio. It was one of the episodes of baby oopsie. This mm-hmm. thing I did also on Amazon prime, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Episode one and two. What's, what's it about? It's about this woman that is a hoarder, a, a toy hoarder, big 500 pound woman. And uh, uh, one day this box comes to her and it's got all these doll pieces in it. And so she decides to restore it. And um, everyone that's mean to this lady gets killed by the doll. And, oh, um, my God. And, uh, and pretty soon uh, the, it runs out. The doll runs out of bad people. And the doll starts saying, like, well, I got to kill somebody. So it starts killing her friends. And then so she kind of declares war on the doll. Based it's on funny. a true story, by the way. Based yeah, on a true right, story. Right, right, right. Yeah. No. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's funny. Amazing. It's funny. It turned out really good. Oh, um, But anyway. Um, You're in Ohio. Oh, in yep. Ohio. And somebody said something that I didn't even know what they were saying. They're right behind me and they said something. And I was like, what? And they're like saying something like some odd thing. And I was like, like staring at, they're like, Oh no, that's sorry. That's a line from, uh, that's a line from uh, buried alive movie, buried alive. I was, and I was like, buried alive. You remember that one? (laughs) Deep cut. Yeah. 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 That was probably one of the most funny. I did that one in uh, South Africa. Me, Donald Pleasance. Oh, my God. Yeah. Robert, Robert Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Ginger Lynn Allen. Former porn star. Mm-hmm. Um, Karen Witter. And uh, crazy, crazy, Wait, crazy. my aunt was in a horror film. Her name is Brooke Adams. And she oh, was yeah. in uh, With a Hand. What was Brooke that called? Adams. She was a working that? actress. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, what, what was that called? It was like The Hand and Lisa, Kud- Lisa Kudrow was she was like I her think first it was was it called the hand or no 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 it was something was that do you, do it was like a dark that? comedy a dark the only comedy. the only hands is is a uh, idle hands uh evil yeah, dead idle hands yeah. i think that's what was idle hands about. with devin soya and uh damn it i don't have my phone on me but i look it up i'll look it up um lisa kudrow you said that yeah and it was like she she had the bait oh no it was called um because she had the ba- baby and the evil Doctor was gonna. Ki- oh my god! I love horror movies so much. Yeah. But Lisa Kudrow, that was like one of, one of her first parts. She she was like the receptionist at the doctor's office. Oh my god! Looking for it. And there was a freaking hand like crawling all over the place. Yeah, look for it. I like so we're all on our phones. That's uh, fine. Sorry, I'm. I, I don't give a shit. I, I'm all over the place. Oh, no. So, so I find out that name, that band's name. What is that? Oh band? yeah, I was gonna. <laughs> we're still what back to the band. I have a feeling my friend plays drums for it. Is the is the drummer's name Daniel Fox? They're very famous. Like, I'm just having like a moment. Kiss, it's Kiss, of course. No, but they wear masks. And the lead singer is a really, really good singer. He never shows his face. Oh, it's. I think his name is Skinny or something like that. And he was. You never in your life they they were so supportive of us like they, anything that we needed they. Uh, it's called the Unborn. Oh, that's a good that's film. Great. Yeah. Wait, Wait Brooke Adams is your aunt. She's my aunt in law. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No. I'm what not. else was she in? She was in something. She Lace. Remember Lace? Remember Lace? Yeah. Was the, um. Sh- she was in other. Invasion, invasion, invasion of the Body Snatchers. She was in Invasion yeah. of the Body. The Dead Zone. Still, yo, the Dead. The Dead Zone was great. Yeah. And Christopher Wa- She's Walken the girl in, actually in, got her the job because they they were friends in New York, and they needed a woman. And he's like, "Oh yeah, Mushroom Head, Mushroom oh, yeah, Head, yeah, yeah, of course, of course." Oh my god! Yeah, thank you. I yep. love we those, those that. guys are awesome. I know. I actually 
We actually opened for uh, for I them a couple apologize. times. I apologize. That's just... Of course it's mushroom. Remember, the, there, there, there's a place there called the fa- Fantasy, and it's a club where it has a uh, half of a boat inside. Oh, cool. Remember? And no. Then, and then we, 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 we opened up for Mushroom Head. Years, yeah. I mean, this is Their like, music's really cool. And heavy. In fact, they're good. their whole team, their team, their art guy, their lighting people. But their... they've been around since, like, I would say... I they started before yeah. before Slipknot and before all that stuff. So yeah. far, yeah, yeah, they trailed the and their music videos are amazing. My team who shoots my stuff there, they're the guys that do the music videos. Mushroom head, I can't yeah. believe I forgot. Yeah, that. me too. I apologize for people. When did you make the uh, the switch into directing? Um, like I remember that um, I made a big leap from acting into writing and directing. I was auditioning for Murphy Brown, the TV show Murphy Brown. And uh, by that time, I think I was about 37 and I had starred in movies and I was had really painted myself in a corner in regards to being in so much horror stuff that they nobody wanted me for anything else but that. It's hard to look past. And, right. You know, and your body LA, work. in Hollywood, they put you in a box and that's it. So um, I told my agent, well, I'll do under fives, five and unders, which is, long, you know, you get five lines on a sitcom or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'll do that. And then they'll start realizing that I'm funny and I'll, I'll be able to start doing that. So I, I was doing that. I ended up doing like Beverly Hills 90210 and Melrose Place and all that wasn't mm. funny, but I was doing small parts in those shows. So I go to do uh, this Murphy Brown audition and I go in. There's no chairs in the lobby. Everyone's sitting on the floor. I have to go to the bathroom. It's on the Warner Brothers lot. And I say to the, you know, to the receptionist, like, oh, excuse me, where's the bathroom? She's like, we don't have one. <laughs> and I'm like, huh? you don't have a bathroom in the entire Warner Brothers lot? She's like, no, not for actors. You just you have to wait or whatever. I'm wait, like, what? Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I'm holding, sitting on the floor at 37 years old with a bunch of other guys that look exactly like me. Okay. And I hear everyone doing the exact same reading and, um, was there about an hour and a half and was about to pee my pants and like was telling Lily, like, I really either need to leave or I need to hold on. And then so she goes in and then the casting director goes, you get in here. I go in there. I'm sitting down and I start to read these fucking five fucking lines for this woman after ha- having starred in movies and walked the red carpet at man's Chinese theater. Yeah, I'm you willing, paid your dues, I'm but like willing to do it, but be polite. And then so I got the first line out and her phone rang and she went, oh, for fuck's oh, sake. No, no, no. And then she gets on there. She's like, oh, and she's eating like a Reuben sandwich and the whole room stinks. And I just was sitting there and just my internal. Sorry, but what a cunt. Yeah. Like, for real. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just was like, I'm never doing this ever again. And then she went, she hung up the phone. She goes, go ahead. Oh. And then I just go, mm, I think I'm done. And then she goes, I, excuse me. And I go, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm done. Yeah. And she went, all right, bring in the next person. She could care less. Of course. She could care less. Why? She why knew they, who I was. She could a, care less. She seems so like gross. such a it's cliche so of yeah. that kind of person. And, and why so are they like that? I walked out of Warner so Brothers. Gross. It's because they're allowed to be. I went to Nicotero's shop, Greg Nicotero. I want to ask you about him. Yeah. Of course. They've been my friends forever. Um, and I said, they were, we were working, they were working on, um, What's the one with the vampires in the desert with Quentin? Oh, Dust Till Dawn. They're working on Dust Till Dawn. I was like, do you have a job for me? Like, I'll, I'll make skeletons. I'll do whatever. And they're like, yeah. I call my parents. I was like, I'm not an actor anymore. Like, I'm not doing this. My it's amazing like, to me, uh, not to cut you off, but like uh, that you're so open to do whatever's needed 
No, in, I just in, love. I just love all of it. That's what I mean. Yeah. And that the only reason that you are open to doing whatever is because you seem to still genuinely love. I do Hollywood and, and or I'll tell you what films, else. Films. I'll tell you what else I didn't like was starving myself for fourteen years. Yeah. Like the first thing I did was go have a fucking giant you know, sandwich with potato salad and not have to go to the gym twice a day and all that nonsense. Like, cause you didn't care if you were on screen ever. Again. No. And, and yeah. grooming is like such a big part of acting. It's so embarrassing to say that you have to really be careful about hey, every, I, I work with rock stars and, uh, being in shape is part of your I job. It's part which of is, your job. It's wild. I know I was going twice a day to stay as skinny as I was. And I just was like, it's not that important to me anymore. And I'm like, People want to see me getting killed, and that's great, but I need a break from getting killed, you know. Yeah. Like, so I started, uh, again, I I had contacts at National Lampoon Magazine. I started writing for National Lampoon Magazine. Then the next thing I knew, I just wrote some spec screenplays, and because I was known in the horror world, they started to sell. And I sold this movie, Madhouse, that I did for Lakeshore. And then the truth of the matter is I think I, I'm – I think I was I'm a better writer and a director than I ever was an actor to begin with. So I think I landed where I was supposed to land. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe in a couple of years you'll see me as with a wooden leg, you know, <laughs> playing a pirate in something. You're not but, welcome um, back here until you have a wooden leg. Okay, well, at the rate I'm going, you know, I could be diabetic and that could happen. So you've done but, you've done a, a, a lot of acting and at this point a lot of directing. Um, does being an actor? help with being a director more so than being a director helps with dealing with actors. Like which one, 100%, which one strengthens the other one more? 100%. Okay. Because we're fucking crazy actors and or directors. Yes, or actors. Okay. Directors are pushy control freaks and actors are nuts. And, um, the, one of the, my favorite parts of directing is that first couple of days where I'm figuring out what you need and what you need. Some people just rip their pages out of the script and they just want to know their lines and they don't care about, and then other people like Vico Mortensen uh, dig a hole and go lay, Who in the, am I? <laughs> lay in the mud for two weeks. Whatever gets you there, it doesn't matter as long as you get there. But every single person works completely different. And um, that part of it, um, it was when I, when I would run into that, which I do on every single project, if it's a micro budget project or a big project, every single time I can see someone's gear spinning and I know how they work. Like, and I'm, I'm down to like play any way they want to play. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the lady that was in Baby Oopsie, you know, it's not easy being a person of gigantic, ginormousness. And so there, that was also part of it too. Like just making sure that she's able to like get through the day, you know, like. Oh, that's, uh, I hadn't yeah. even considered that. Yeah. But the, I mean, it's, you, there's just, there's less you can do uh, for a long period a, of time. In a big way. Yeah. Right. Like literally having to have someone standing right off screen with a chair where they sit down in between wow. takes. Wild. Yeah. Yeah, but it was worth it. She's a brilliant actress, and you, you show you've shown um, follow your Instagram, which is uh, at William. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, the only William Butler. I've been saying the wrong one, but I'll, let me tell you right now. Yeah, let's, let's let them know because you um, <clears throat> you show a lot of behind the scenes stuff of what you're doing. Yeah, much to the chagrin of the people that are paying for it. Oh no, it's great yeah. because it makes it makes people that follow you. Like I wouldn't have known what Baby Oopsie was if it wasn't for following. How dare you? You know, no, but that, I mean it. But like you're promoting, like we talked about earlier, you're promoting what you're doing, and yeah. what could be better than that? It's, oh, it's just the William, the Butler. William Butler. Mm. But follow him. You do some really funny, like when you first got to that house in Ohio, and you're doing, you're, you're like laying in bed talking about 
being scared and you're hearing all these sounds because they put you guys all up in one big like an old creaky ass Ooh, fucking by house. myself by yourself, by yourself. So Charles Charles Band bought this this house, thirteen bedrooms, seven fireplaces, seven bathrooms, four stories, and a it's, thousand bad vibes. It's called the Fullman Manor. <laughs> the Fullman Manor, and Wait, it's like it's where? in it's in in Cleveland Heights. Yeah. So uh, it's where we it's our home base. Sometimes we film there. We filmed most of Baby Oopsie there, and. Um, you know, when I went the first time there, I didn't have time to like think too much because I was so busy. And there's like ten other people staying in the house with you at the same time, so you hear people thumping around. Of course. Now I'm I've moved to the guest house because I can't take it anymore. But you hear people thumping around all the time. You don't think anything of it. Well, when we had the screening of Baby Oopsie, I stayed there by myself on the middle floor, Mm-mm. two stories below me, all lights off. Mm-mm. giant staircase. Nope. And, uh, and so the, the two leads we, this is actually a good story. Um, the two leads are, uh, this one woman, Libby Higgins. She's a comedian. She does the Carla McRib character, um, on, she's like a viral sensation. She's a brilliant actress. And then the other person that plays her friend is this guy named Justin, who's a TikTok star. He's that kind of guy that's bald with the long hair that does all those dances where mm-hmm. he's slapping his ass and mm-hmm. everything. You know what I'm saying? He has one tooth. Mm-hmm. He plays her best friend. So the two of them came into town to come watch the screening party. We all flew into Cleveland. And I wasn't thinking anything of being there by myself at all. And they came to the house and we ate dinner. And we're they're going to go to a hotel room. For some reason, I didn't encourage them staying there. I don't know why I didn't, but... So she's getting into the Uber, and then he's sitting at the kitchen table. With This house is massive, you have to understand. Like, I'm talking huge. So he's sitting at the kitchen table. All the lights are off except for the ki- little kitchen, which is basically like the help's kitchen, not like the dining room and the breakfast room, which is a different room. The breakfast room. He's sitting at the table, and then he's looking beyond my shoulder, and he goes, Oh, who's staying here with you? No, 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 uh-uh. And I go, no, no, no. nobody. He goes, no, there's a lady in there, the lady with the blue dress. Who's that? Oh, for fuck's go, sake. What? He goes, there's a lady with the blue dress on in the living room. I go, Justin, you cannot say this. He goes, there's someone else here. Was he kidding? No. no. So we went and looked, and there's no one there. And I was like, you motherfucker. And then they got, he got in his car and left, and I'm oh. there by myself. So... Um, you were not by yourself. And, and also, the, the rooms are massive. Each room has its own fireplace and stuff. It's literally like, it's like an ink, Legend like of an Hell ink. House. Right. It's that oh, right, right, okay. So I go up to, I go into Charlie's room because for some reason, the room that they've designated as my room, oh, they were dressing it for some other movie. They we, they put like shitty wallpaper on. It's, it's a great house to film in. I think they're in the middle of doing that. So I went in Charles's room. His room doesn't have a lock on the door. So I go in there and all I'm hearing in this 150 year old house is creaking and moaning and you know the wood right, popping because right. it's all wood right so i literally uh, called my parents it was like um how's it going and like my mom's like what's wrong with you i'm like i'm in this house by myself i'm scared to death of so much of the lady i'm just in my 50s dress. and terrified of yeah. ghosts that's all and, and i direct horror films I stayed awake all night listening to my law of attraction tapes which i'm really big oh my on. god it's like uh, i 
It's like you're my spirit. I do this. Are you a law thing, attraction person? But do you I listen call, to the ones where you, that you help you fall asleep. Yes. That guy's great. Amazing. But I also call my mom and dad for everything. I yeah. was telling them the other day that I was in a fire in Chicago in my apartment. Oh no! And it was all smoky. The first thing I did, I call called them. my mom. Yeah. And I was like, Mom, I think my apartment's on fire. She's like, What are you doing? Right. Out. I'm that like, does yeah, sound okay, like me. Yeah. yeah. I call them. I for think everything. I'm about to be murdered. After every earthquake, I call my mom. Cry. Oh, there's yeah. an earthquake. She's like, fucking God. earthquakes, man. Fuck I'm gonna take shit. a quick potty break. Yeah. You guys talk right. for a second. Anyway, so. Yeah. Uh, so I stayed awake all night long listening to my Law of Attraction tapes. Those work, though. They do. Which guy do you... Do you got a... Dowsy? The Dowsy Law YouTube. of Attraction. It's on YouTube. So there's one... Yeah. And he's going like that. It's the ones that... Mm-hmm. Before you go to sleep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Breathe in. Mm-hmm. All right. I want you to imagine the life that you want to have. You know well, that? Well, yeah, cl- clearly I fall it's asleep. not working for, for, for me, but... Oh, no. <laughs> then you're not doing it right. But um, I usually fall asleep like seven minutes into it. I really want to like, re- you know, repeat all the shit that he's saying in your head. Yeah. You know, it really, listen, it, it, it's not as magical as, uh, you know, the secret and all that. It's not as magical as they try to make it out to be. Right. I think what it does is you carry yourself different. Like if you go, mm-hmm. I'm going to be mm-hmm. a fucking movie director. And then right. you become one because you're so convinced that you are one that people start treating you accordingly. Right. I think that's pretty much what it really is. I don't think it's like... You know, they but it's like, not like a magic. Make a, a wish to the universe. There's you know? a guy named Dr. Joe Dispenza. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, have you heard, heard of him? Mm-mm. He was a guy who was in a really bad car car accident. He was hit on his bike. Right. And he uh, almost died. And he was in the hospital for almost a year. Mm. I could be ma- making this up. Maybe it's like five five months or whatever. Mm. But close enough. And they told, told him that you're never going to walk ever again. And he decided to reprogram his brain. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. And he's walking. He has like these talks, these seminars. Yeah. And there's a book called uh, Reprogramming Your Brain. The uh, redo, yeah. like redoing. I think the there's br- positively something to do yes, with that. Yes, yeah. but I never follow through. I re- oh, you got to. <laughs> That's the thing. You know and even I mean? saying that, the- like you just got to like. No, I mean. Here's the thing. I is, am going to fo- follow through. You can through. pull yourself. Everyone's done this. You yeah. can pull yourself into a bubble of despair of like, oh, my God, I'm fucking broke all the time. Oh, my God. Could things get any worse? And blah, blah. you keep yeah. doing that. Right. And then it's just like it just is. Right. And it's also your perception of what you start focusing on, all mm-hmm. the bad shit. Mm-hmm. Or you can get up and put your fucking feet on the floor yeah. and realize that you're lucky that you're able to even do that. Completely. And so that's step one. Beyond that, then you can just say, I am what I say I am. And you can't let anyone tell you that you're not pretty enough or good enough to be an actor or you're not a director or you're not a musician. Like, what everyone else thinks of you is not your fucking problem. Just be who you want to be, you know? I just had a a friend, I'll put in quotes, tell me that um, I'm too old now to be a producer and to work work um, on films. It's a cool friend. And she's, oh, I didn't know you were here. Sorry, you scared me. <laughs> so uh-huh. let me, so let me guess that she's failed at something or she's tried something. And she's No, she's pretty like. Oh, she's but, successful. But she told me that I should have start, start, started young, but I was raised a Jehovah's Witness. Right. So I wasn't allowed to do anything for years. Right. So for no me, holidays, her. no birthdays, no so nothing. I'm the like, thing about what? that, I'm the, too th- old? the thing about that with me is, 
that I was raised around the surroundings of you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. Who the fuck do you think you're fooling? You'll never be able to do this. Like blah, blah. Uh, but with me, I it has a completely uh, <laughs> different reaction is I go, Oh really? Like, okay. You, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Like my father was like, you know, you're fat, you're stupid, blah, blah, blah. And then like three years later I was modeling for Swatch in LA, like back when Swatch counted. Wait, but what? I, yeah, I was a Swatch model and I just mean, cause I have good wrists. You were. A swatch I'll show you a picture. Yeah, I looked pretty hot in that. I gotta say. All got, I wanted was. We gotta a find swatch that thought up on the screen. All I wanted you. in my life was, was a, swatch. a swatch phone. I still want. No, I had a swatch. Wait, do they still make? Was, them? was that the clear phone? Yes, it was. Those were fucking rad. Do they still make swatches? I no. think it came back for a little. Yeah, bit. if they yeah. if they're I not think. back now, they should come back because mm-hmm. it would be huge. Bring them back. I'm it willing be to huge. model now. I mean, Can you imagine? Really, that would yeah, be, be great. So great. I'm yeah, still here, guys. Me, <laughs> me laying in bed with beer cans all around. <laughs> me. But um, so anyway, uh, yeah. Sorry. Anyhow. Yeah. So to get hippy dippy, uh, I guess it's does sound very L.A. But I, I'll tell you that that <laughs> that positive thinking shit it works for me, man. And I've gone down the toilet on the other end of it as well. Yeah. When my house of cards falls, it's down to zero penny, you know. Do you know about my story about the homeless man that atta- attacked me and poured a, a bucket of sh- shit all over me? No. Did you hear about the reason, that story? Listen, Are you that Billy, person? Billy. Yes. On the news, right? Yes. That's her. Wait, what? You're so that lady? This is why we. This is why I know her. We. Uh, I used to have a different co-host on the show, and I heard her story. And I was like, that's the kind of person that I want to talk I to on the show. I want to be, I want my co-host. No, no, no. I, we just had her on as a guest a couple times Shit just to tell the it. story. And she was so lovable. Now she's here permanently. But right. So we're not do- so talking about nothing else. You're not the only you- famous guy in the room, by the way. You know, <laughs> we're not yeah. talking about nothing else until you recap yeah. that story. You can was still it smell it. Santa Monica Boulevard? It no, no, it was on, oh, it was on Ho- Hollywood and Bronson. Okay, you you had it coming walking in that neighborhood. But <laughs> no, all right. but I wasn't. Wa- I was at. She's a, wearing a sexy dress. She deserved I it. I was at totally. I was um. I was at a Thai restaurant, and um, my boyfriend and his friend parked in the garage. I I, I parked out front. It was like nine, nine at night. I walked out. It was right out front. Maybe, maybe like twenty steps away. Uh-huh. And I walked to my car, opened my door, and I hear this like this weird like. Like, sloshing yeah but it was like weird and i looked up and it was this huge guy <laughs> no <it wasn't. laughs> all i remember is this guy like did you say anything at, at to me. him before not at all he she's he like give across, it to me he was across the what's street. in that bucket over there <laughs> looks delicious the i love bucket? chocolate fondue <laughs> but he came at at me he threw me in my car like it was a actually a, a, a violent attack because i tore my bike Bicep and stuff. So he, he threw you in your car. You had the door open. <laughs> <laughs> All the shit fanatics of the world laughing. That's all. We, that's our whole fan base. Is uh, oh, our whole listeners? Oh, I feel all bad because I think everybody's heard heard no, this I don't stupid ca- story. You know what? It never gets old. Titty, said the kitty. All I right. get hard every time oh, you tell it. Tell it again, please. And then did he go he like this with the bucket, no. or was it? I don't even know. Like, I, I, like it all <laughs> happened like so fast that when I went to get out the first time. He pushed me back back in, and then I just went. There's that fight, flight, or freeze, and then there's another one. She chose to froze. I froze. You went into I, like a shit blackout. Yeah. Well, I thought yeah. that I was gonna die. I thought he was gonna yeah. stab stab shit me shock. because he didn't. You seem like seriously still traumatized. Oh, she by is. This. He didn't see a he he didn't say a word. He looked at me like he fucking hated me, and I was like, what the fuck? And I just was like, I thought about my family, my mom, my di- my. Si- I just thought about all my whole life, and I was like, this is how I'm gonna go. He's gonna rape, rape me. Oh, stab, bad. Yeah. Stab, stab, stab me. Then it was worse. 
<laughs> just kidding. But where, where, what, how holding the bucket behind his back or as I don't know. to I the think side? It was on, I don't know if, it, I think it was like in his hand because he was big. He was like 6'2", like 6'3". And Jesus. he was a big guy. And then he pulled me Makes out by worse. my shirt. Yeah, big turds. <laughs> it was all liquefied. It yeah. didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> and he started to pour it on my head. And I didn't know and did you what go, was okay, happening. I'll just take the um, arm wrenching. Yeah, please kill back, me. Punch yeah, my just, arm yeah. again. And remember in the 80s when that model in New York? <laughs> I'd rather die than live through it, to please be honest with you. Me. Just, just put a bullet in my head, me. please. Remember the, the, the model in New York in like 1980s? And she was a huge mo- model yeah, and, and they, she got they stabbed the, her face. Yeah. The acid. No, the a- acid. Yeah, Remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I thought it you was. Felt, yeah. Because it burned. So then people. Oh, people, for oh fuck's my sake. God. So he had if, Korean food beforehand. I don't know. He had one of those Reaper nuts that we ate last night. Oh my God. He, he did the chip challenge. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> But it was cold outside. We got so one I more, feel Heidi. Like it was, we got one more. Ugh, what the it, fuck is that? Oh, that's, that's the peanut, the the Carolina Reaper peanut that we ate last night. Oh, do you I like must hot, be psychic? Do you like hot stuff? No, no, no. I would like literally start crying. All right, and then I so, did. and then um, the, and then it hit and you. Then it, literally. It, then I I realized <laughs> what it what it was. My hair was up in a bun, and it started to roll down my eyes. And then he kept pouring it on top what of me over and asshole. over again. And then he poured the rest of it. It was like an old like a Folgers party can. Remember those? Oh, yeah. Back in the, like you know like yeah. a, like a banquets they'd have it. And um and then he ran away, but my eyes were half I couldn't see anything, and I'm in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard. Nobody pulled over. Then I make this joke. In everyone's that, defense, I wouldn't stop for you either. Well, <laughs> it's a, it's a woman on Hollywood Boulevard covered in diarrhea. Or I would have pulled over and called nine one one. Is right. this during cell phone time? Yeah, yeah this, this is like this a couple years, years ago. ago. Are you fucking 2019? And because it was 2019, and all Please this happened. Tell me they caught him. So this couple had yeah. just seen cats. So I always say the poor cu- a couple you it just d- got got worse. This couple had pulled over and yeah, was well like, "Yeah, well, they have it coming if they yeah. want to exactly. go see cats." I mean, like so this they, is better than that thing we just saw in the theater yeah, by a lot. What's going on here? So she pulled over. They pulled over, and he called nine one one because I was. Screaming. And they were all coming out of the car like. Let's go investigate this shit, girl. Look her over there. Look at her over there. She's a lady with. She's got poop on her head. Poop on her head. Boy, does she stink. (laughs) Wouldn't it be great if they were actors? They were actors from Cats and they had the cat outfits. Perfect. And then they try to bury you. They try to bury you. Of course, of course. (laughs) This is horrible. That's funny shit. This story is fucking horrible. Um, and then <laughs> she had a nap napkin or like a something, and she went, she yes. cleaned out my eyes a little bit, and I opened them, and he was across the street staring at me. And the thing I heard, this sound, was he had no sh- shoes on. He was running full was speed crazy, across the street. Crazy. He was schizophrenic. Yeah, yeah. Is what Something's we found, going on. Something was going found, on. Found out. So they pulled me aside. The cops came. They detained him, uh, like like across the street. And did they and call then, an ambulance to like rinse you off? Oh, okay, it gets so much so worse. Give them the whole story. It's okay. Give them the whole story. The fire truck came. Yes. And they were the hottest firemen you've ever seen in your fucking the life. The story just got better. The hottest, like. And you're young. all like, "This is how we." Oh no! Like, I know. I know you guys from the calendar. What are you doing here? <laughs> and you're all like, "Hey!" And they're, you're forgetting. You're like, oh "No shit on my tits, guys! Come Talk on!" About a wet T-shirt <laughs> contest. It's brown wetness. But it works. <laughs> but I'm still sobbing. Like I'm in, like yes. I'm in pain. I'm. I want to just really, adopt you. Oh, oh, this. We we did. So, That's why she's here. Yeah. yeah, literally, we did adopt her. Do you still like run to your car now when you leave places? 
you have no idea. You don't even wait, go out. Wait, right. okay. so they had to peel off my clothes because I'm drenched. <laughs> Okay, put him laughing. in a hazmat bag. Yes. All my favorite shit. My favorite jacket. Well, my not leather. anymore. Not but, anymore. No, it's not all anymore. gone. It's yeah. all gone. Yeah, it's pretty much over. Um, And then I had my underwear, my bra, my socks. And I was like, I'm not bikini ready. And I was just like, oh my God, this sucks so I love bad. that you have, wait, you have shit all over you. And you go, I'm not bikini yeah. ready. And it's so like, I was making A couple spider webs, laugh. guys. Yeah. 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 It was laugh. working. And it's so working. what they did, it did was is they built a um, makeshift sh- shower. Yes. And so on Hollywood Boulevard. Been there. On oh, no. <laughs> so, you, you know, know the one. Uh, out of a series of drug problems. Yeah. I've, so, you know, I've showered in worse places. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So it's the thing when you jump off the build, building, it's that, ye- it's that yellow, yellow thing. The it would have been better, the, it would the, been the better if they made you get on the building and jump off the building into like a jacuzzi of water. <laughs> jump in and this is... Okay. Which was like in all, all the re- remember <laughs> back in the day when they had like the it's like the all stars the t- TV show pe- people and they did, did yeah. all the chat what was power of the network stars yeah was, battle of the network exactly stars. it was always in one of those anyhow yeah. yes they built a sh- shower like a half half moon. And, and did um, they shine like a bright light so your silhouette was for everyone that drove by? You're all like, silhouette ladies here. I knew my time would come in Hollywood. Here I am, folks. Finally. So the one one of the guys, like the hottest guy, he stayed in it with me, of course. I was so embarrassed. And my hair was all, I mean, I had shit everywhere. So he's just like, it's going to be re- really cold and it's going to be really hard. Like that, it's yeah. the pressure. Good, bring it on. Yeah. yeah. So as he was do- doing it, it hurt. And I was yeah. like, I feel like I'm Meryl Streep and Silkwood. Silk and yes. he didn't know what it was. And he goes, what's that? And I'm like, it's a really good the movie. Fucking- we share. Yeah. And it won an Academy Award. I think Sorry, I'm old. I'd be like, uh, that was a really good joke. Could you get somebody <laughs> yeah. over here with a fucking brain in their yeah. head? Yeah. God. And then he's like, well, anyone from NYU here? Yeah. Anybody over the age of 19? <laughs> and then they threw me in the, in the, the, uh, I was wrapped, wrapped in like a burrito and they, but they, the, they put me in the back and then, and then I had what? to go identify him. Meanwhile, at the hospital, I was in that. I was the, so. That was her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and they ended up married. Yeah. The so they kept calling him on my phone and we had just le- left each other and I was about to go, oh, I go to his, his house. Ass. Oh my god, I love this. So yeah. he wouldn't pick up the phone because he was on the other line and was like, "God, <laughs> Heidi, like, I'll you help you say your ex boyfriend." So no, he actually showed back up, but he didn't understand the what's severity, the word? Yeah, the urgency yeah. of what was happening. So no. he he was wa- the severity, and yeah. the woman that pulled over was just she she leaned over and she's like, "Is that your boyfriend walking? Like, just like nothing's happening." She was so mad, mad yeah. at him. Where she was the like, fuck is he? She, she was like, get the fuck over here. Do you understand what's happening to your yeah. And then he was like, oh, sh- oh my God. Like, he, he didn't know. But then he had to clean my car and stuff. So oh, he really Billy. <laughs> if he would have been there, it would have been some of the, some of the it diarrhea. Have fucking happened. Billy, some of the diarrhea went under her driver's seat. 
Oh, so well. should get rid of the car. You don't own yeah. the patent on that. I yeah. shit myself in Dodger traffic. But before. your shit is different than a homeless guy's well, shit. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> There's a lot of roadkill in then me, inside you, me. Oh. When you got to the hospital, they treated you like you were the psychopath. They treated me like I. So they took me to the fucking worst <laughs> hospital in Los Angeles because is they, that they real said scary one. That yes, big, tall on Western one? Yeah, yeah. Sunset. Yes, it's a really scary one. That's where you they take all the like overdose. Yes, overdose people. She was nuts. I mean, she's covered in shit. It was, it was crazy. So wait, so the fire department people, they bring her in. They they bring you in. And then they go, someone, (laughs) fecal matter. Again. The the thing was, is that they brought me in. um, And two of the guys stayed, stayed with me because they were just like, they they were explaining that the city needs help and that I should be the spokesperson. And because that stuff like that happens all the it's, time. Yeah, well, the, it's, the homeless it's, stuff is out of control here now more than ever, oh, yeah, as, yeah, as you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is kind of where things started to kind of yeah. pick up. Oh and my plus, God. and plus, it's very uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sexy? No, Erotic? it's um. Oh my God! It's what's the word? Uh, it's there's a lot of money that's not being spent on mental health, healthcare, yeah. and stuff. And the money. So it's are because you of a the, person? Are you a person that managed to parlay this into some sort of cash? I wish I, I'm. I'm actually. I'm writing a story now about it. Like for the, I want to write yeah. write like an op-ed about about it and like just it's be a like Netflix movie. <laughs> I wish there's been worse shows on television. That's, yeah, for, that's sure. for sure. I wish, but I just want to like because everywhere, not everywhere I go, but if I say, oh yeah, I was, I was something. I was the girl with the button. Everyone's like, you're that girl. Yeah, and I want to write. I like remember a, you're that. watching the news in the morning, and just going, that can't, that could not have happened. Like. Yeah. They were like, we, you I'm know. I'm so, so sorry that that happened to you. Things. Yeah. I honestly don't think I would, no, the, the, I'd be cracked up. The PTSD it. has, it's still, yeah. it's still it's, there. It's, it's, it's gotten like, worse. Like, you don't want to leave the house and stuff. No, I do. I can, but I just, it's got like, like in, uh, like in other ways. Didn't yeah. you tell us for a while afterwards, like if your car, if you left your apartment and your car was parked like three or four blocks away, right. you would take an Uber, Uber. to her yeah. car. Of course. Yeah. Just yeah. to walk four yeah. blocks. Well, that's, I mean, that's even the older you get living in Los Angeles, you know, I, I no longer drive a $100,000 Mercedes as annotated in my new book on Amazon. <laughs> um, but when I did... Tawdry Tales I, and Confessions from Horrors Boy Next Door. <laughs> this, this shit story was brought to you by Tawdry Tales and Confessions. Um, no, but like being a... Per- Once I hit 50, I would literally run to my Mercedes because like, I'm becoming a target for uh-huh. robbery. You know, old yeah. person running to his Mercedes. That's like, a beacon. I mean, it's just... It's, it's a LA, man. It's just yep. like... You know, I'll tell you a funny story about homeless things. Is uh, I am overly um, caring about aunt, like the raccoon story. Maybe we'll talk about before I leave. But like um, every year for my birthday, I used to do this really fun thing where I would have my friends. Most of my friends are working and they have expendable income. I would get them to give me backpacks and I would load backpacks with frozen water and baby baby wipes and clean socks and soap and washcloth. (laughs) And then I would go and, you know, it was back when, remember like for a while, a couple years ago, it was like, it'd be like 120 degrees in the valley. And you see people that are like purple that are Mm -hmm. homeless. Yeah. So I went on this mission. I know what you mean exactly. Yeah, they're so sunburned. They look orange. Look like brisket. Yeah. And so I would go, okay, well, I'm going to put these frozen bottles of water in my trunk. And when I go around, then I'll, if I see someone that looks thirsty, I'll give them to them. And that's going to be something that I do. Because 
I don't want to die being the guy who created the ginger dead man. You know what I mean? Like I want to be do something beyond, you know, movies that where people are getting booked. ginger dead man and giving water to homeless people. That's right. They're no. like tonight, the yeah. guy who did ginger dead man, who is also known for giving water to the homeless. Anyway. So, uh, but the funny thing is 50% of the time, 50% of the time, they would be crazy and would want to beat my ass and say, who the fuck do you think you are? Mm-hmm. They say, shove that backpack up your fat ass or chasing me or be afraid of the backpack thinking it was a bomb. Yeah. yeah. So I stopped doing it. I just was I, like. So I, when I was uh, probably 20, 19, 20, I think, 21, 21, um, I was living with a friend of mine downtown and she lived right kind of by Skid Row. And we would like make a pile of sandwiches to walk down and give. Yeah. Cause she, she was very wealthy. So we're like, she wanted to give back kind of in a yep. same way and we would make sandwiches and we were so shocked every night yeah. that we did it at people, how many people wouldn't take it and get, or get mad at you. They think you're poisoning them. That, that was it. That's exactly it. Like, I'm not eating that. Who the fuck do you think you are? But I'll also say there are, there, there was that one third of the people that literally would look in that bag and be, and start crying and be yes. like, yes, yes. My God, sunblock. You know, I would never think to buy it. Like yeah. sunblock and clean socks. Clean socks, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of these people didn't even have shoes or socks on, you yep. know. Yep. And um, but that's a testament that. So then, when I when this happened, I went on all these show, shows, including the show, and I was like, there, it needs to, ha- ha- there has to be a mental health care facility. That's. And a rehab more first, important and then than a mental anything. health. Yes, yeah. yeah, but not just where you go and you take your medicine once once a week, like mm-hmm. uh, like like Nithia wanted. I can't. It's a long long story about her, but it has to be where you stay there. Well, you can't yeah. force them to go. That, yeah, that's that's the so issue is that you can't should, force. We have all these like, gigantic empty shopping malls, not even a mile away from here. Yep. Huge shopping malls yep. that are boarded up. That they could easily turn into temporary housing. Yep. But, but nobody wants to do it. But before they go in these places, they have to get treat, treatment. Because yeah. then you have all... Because I just talked talk to a woman who said that there's a lot of the hotels that are like older ones that are now going to have the homeless there. But they have to get help first. You can't have a guy yeah. in the throes of like a meth, meth addict, addddiction yeah. next to a not even dr- Not even drugs, like, just even... Mental, mental problems. Yeah. That's it. So many yeah. events. It's all mental health well, driven. Even though that's really horrible, what happened to you? In some ways, people are going to listen to you because the story's interesting, and though it's a terrible story, yeah. And that really is a gift in a way that you're able to like raise your hand and say, "Listen, this is not the only time that's going to happen. Right. You, this could happen to your kids, your wife. Blah blah blah. We need to like raise awareness for. So, yep. In some ways, it's it's. The thing where you can raise your hand and say, you know, yeah. shit's got to change. Oh, hey, hey, hey. oh my God, that's the name Woo! of the foundation. Shit's got to change. <laughs> the name of the f- SGC, whatever the fuck. Yeah. SGC. Yeah. I'm here SGC. With this shit's got to change. Yeah. Shit's got to change. Foundation. Oh, We're making patches and stickers oh, tomorrow. I love no, it. No, I can't even. It's okay, really horrible to make a joke about it because I know later on you're going to hit your head, forehead on the wall. <laughs> you go home and like, oh, God. It's so funny. She has all this stuff happen to her, and she always talks about how lucky she is, and she means it. She goes, I'm just so lucky. I'm like, you well, don't seem very lucky to me. She's here. We're all lucky, believe me. Yeah. I have I've mm-hmm. about, about over half of my friends are dead that are my age, so we're all very lucky yep. to be sitting here. Because you know? yep. Also, like through through the, the height of your career, mm-hmm. 80s, 90s, as far as being an actor, mm-hmm. like doing what you did, 
especially in horror, was kind of like being in Motley Crue or something. Like <laughs> horror, like was the genre of the eighties and nineties. Yes, and you guys were superstars. So I imagine yes. the partying was unbelievable, just bonkers, unbelievable. Was was it happening on set and yes. everything? Everything. Okay. Really? Yes. Um, well, let's see. For me, I was such a good boy when I moved here. And I had always been like really fat when I was younger. So I had never even been kissed. Like when I moved out here, I'd never been on a date. I'd never written a check. I never changed my own oil. I never did anything. I was very naive when I moved out. And then I started working out and like underneath all that fat, I was actually good looking. And so I started getting invited to the party. You know, I started, I started kissing and I started, you know, I never even barely drank. And mm-hmm. I'd get invited out to clubs and stuff and like, get these cool roommates that were so had so much more life experience than I did. I was so naive that when cocaine came out and I was like, well, I'm scared of it. I guess I'll try it. And I went like, no, no, I don't want to do it. I want to do it. Where do we get more? <laughs> like the minute I did it, I was like, this okay. is Billy it, likes this honey. shit. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and, and again, it wasn't, and I'm not encouraging this. I know it's come back. And by the way, like, People Horrible are people are dying. Fentanyl, yeah. fentanyl is yeah. killing yeah. everybody. I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm. I have been so off of drugs for over 25 years. I have to tell you, it is a huge no-no in my life. Um, and for anyone that knows me, but um, back then, it wasn't really looked at as like this dangerous party drug. It was on set. If you filmed all night, that's what people did to stay awake. It was not like anyone. Nobody was going off the rails, so to speak. They just were, that's what you did. Need a little pep. Except for, uh, I may or may not have gone off the rails a couple <laughs> times, particularly on Friday the Listen, 13th. Listen, you're just showing your peers what not to do. Right. Well, I think uh, my actions, uh, yes, definitely. I would say, uh, I'll tell you a quick story yeah, that's please. from my book. Um, none of the actors on the Friday the 13th, I'm really truly meaning this, they were not partying with me. It was me and the crew. Like, I am a crew person by, you know, the me and the grips and the blah, blah, blah. And, there were tons of coke that was being FedExed into the Friday the 13th Part 7 set on like every Friday. We would all be lining up at the production office looking for these FedEx packages because back then they didn't <laughs> check it. My God. So wow. somebody would mail you a magazine with a bunch of blow taped in it and you would get it. This is a long time ago. What? So if you're listening, you can't catch me now. It was a long time. So <laughs> Sorry to blow up your spot, blow. Felix. So, uh, yeah, you can't get away with any of that shit. No, now. no, oh, no, no, no. And, and wow. certainly, again, But you can try. Bad. You doing, can try. Doing drugs is bad. <laughs> um, literally bad. You could really die oh, from yeah. it now. Yeah. So, um, Easier now than ever. So I was just getting to know everyone and I had never been around pretty people or actors or never been considered somebody that anyone wanted to be with my whole life. And I just couldn't believe it. And I really dove in head first. So I was, we went to the bar. This is the first or second night we were filming in Point Clear, Alabama on Friday the 13th. Wow. And I just keep, I'd never done cocaine. So I was like, Oh, you could just keep doing it. Like, you know, let's go to the bathroom and you know, okay, I'll do some with you. And then I go sit down and she gives me the high sign and then we go do it. And I just keep doing it. Like, I don't really, I did, um, three grams of blow <laughs> and six double bloody Marys in about three hours. <gasps> so, so you're feeling pretty good. Yeah. Well, I, as far as I can, I, they told me I was. Oh, Tom, don't, <laughs> how dare you, sir? I'm excited. We start talking about blow. I'm getting excited. Get sweaty palms. So all I can tell you is I was sitting in the bar talking to Lar Park Lincoln, who was the star of the movie. And I was just, you know, talking at a very accelerated rate. And then the next thing I knew, I just was like, 
lights out, and I, <gasps> boom, face planted in the bar. The next thing I know, I'm going in and out of consciousness, and Kenny Meredith, who is the boyfriend of the makeup artist, and Larry Cox, who played the yuppie, the guy, the yuppie oh, guy. What a prick he was. They're carrying me. He wasn't really in real life. No, no. Carrying me through the lobby, and I'm vomiting a long trail of Bloody Mary <laughs> through the lobby of the Point Clear Alabama uh, motel. They pull up a room service golf cart and throw me on it and dry, and I'm hanging off the back in and out of conscious, probably close to death, I imagine. They drive me, it's, it's a huge place. It's no longer there because it was wiped out by Katrina, but it oh, was man. a huge, so they drive me all the way to wherever my hotel room was. Then they get me off the golf cart and they put me on a room service cart. So my head's hanging this way, my feet are hanging that way, just my body's there, and they're pulling Just you me. and the chicken tenders. Yeah, yeah, throwing up the whole way. And, like, I remember them pushing me in the elevator and my head hanging upside down. And on the way up to my room, it opening up in this, like, German family standing there, like, looking at me, and they're like, uh, we'll get the next one, we'll get the next one. So I go up, they strip me naked, they throw me in the bathtub, they fill it full of ice and water, and I finally start kind of coming to... And they're like, all right, listen, put your pajamas on and we'll find out if you, I could have acted the next day. Like, I didn't even know. I was so young and stupid. They put me in my pajamas. They tuck me in bed. This is a true story. I said, yeah, I'm fine. I think I'm going to be okay. And they go, okay. So they leave the hotel room. And as the door latches, I get up and put my clothes back on <laughs> and think I'm going to go back to the bar. They leave. boy. I get on the golf cart and start driving the golf cart and lose lose my way. The security people see me. They're chasing me. And then it becomes like a, a low-speed pursuit because they're running after me and I'm golf carting. It's like out of a comedy movie. It's like yeah. Benny yeah. Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. out of my mind. Half throwing out, half like... And I drive along the pier and drive the <gasps> golf cart into the bay. <laughs> I mean, come on. So buy the fucking book, <laughs> right? And that's is that nothing. story in here? Yes, oh and it's nothing God. compared to what's in there. So the next thing I know, <laughs> this is a true story. I'm happy you didn't drown. How did I get back to my hotel room? So I, I woke up in bed, and it was literally 24 hours later. It was dark again, and I was like, "Call the front desk." We had gotten there like on a Thursday. <laughs> no, we. We got in there on a Thursday, but I think I partied on like a Sunday night. And then so I called the front desk and I was like, um, what, what day is it? Oh, She's man. like, it's Tuesday evening. I'm like, it's Tuesday evening. I had slept for 24 hours, right? In a time warp. So somehow by some wow. miracle, some miracle, I wasn't scheduled to act that day. So I went back to sleep and I slept till the next morning. And the next morning, which was Wednesday morning, my phone rang, and I picked it up, and I hello. I hear this voice, hello. Hi, who's this? This is your agent. Oh. Oh, hi, how are you? I'm not too good, actually. <laughs> oh, really? Why is that? <laughs> what a great question. I just wrote a $2,000 check to repair a golf cart that you drove into the ocean. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, that did happen. Um, those were other boys. I just want to let you know. <laughs> I'm going to let you know that if anything like this happens, 
another day, you no longer have an agent. And just so you know, the production is, they're not looking forward to seeing you. And I was oh, like, man. have a good day. But I have to tell you. So um, you, hadn't, you hadn't filmed yet, right? You had just gotten there? <laughs> I just gotten there. Oh, no, for no, I filmed in LA. I filmed in Okay, okay, okay. The got inside you. of the cabin, yeah. that was in LA. Right. The outside was. So, um, you know, and I got to tell you, those people were so cool. This is how cool that. Say one. No one pulled you aside and said not just one, pulled together. Not one single word. Wow. Nobody said anything, and I was like, "Hey, I think I think some of the the grips were like, hey, did you have a good time the other night?'" Like that was about <laughs> it. Like it was like so weird. And like, did you uh, learn from that moment? Oh did did it did it sit with you? It was like I gotta I can't do that again. Yeah, I cut my blowback down just to like one gram every hour. <laughs> hey, good job. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, because because. Um, because again, I had never been invited to the party, so I at the very and I, that was my first outing of like, oh, here's what you don't do. I mean, I was think about, I don't know if you ever had a wild period, but think about that probably started when you were 16 years old. I was like, I've I mean, actually I've never even been drunk before. Oh, that's really good, boy. Yeah. I really feel like a pig now. No, no, no. Well, I grew up around it. I grew up with everyone like you. Don't uh, worry about it. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. all I grew, I grew up with it. I think it was like 23 when it's big, but you start getting but wild. That's because yeah. you know the Jehovah's Witness. Oh thing, so. yeah. See, I bet you hit it hard too. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's the same with me. It's like oh, yeah. I, I had never been allowed to do anything, mm -hmm. and then I was like suddenly like kind of cute and um, drinking and like oh okay here let's let's do this right. Mm -hmm. And it was it was pretty fun I gotta say. But it's anyway, and, and you were not openly you weren't openly gay back then you weren't out then were you no 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 because back then you just have no career at all it really would have just been over with yeah, i still wow. think it's probably partially that way unless you want to play maitre d's and i mean i think it's i think it's that did you confide in people like did did fellow actors know only after i fucked them no i'm kidding <laughs> of course that's always always a dead giveaway dead giveaway you're probably wondering what my situation is <laughs> But um, uh, no, to be honest with you, even with my closest friends, I was very quiet. Mm -hmm. I, w I was kind of fucked up in that department. Uh, like unsure if you were yeah, or what do you mean? I, uh, uh, I had a pretty bad childhood. Got and you. so on that subject of sex was not one that I was completely comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really know. I knew, but I didn't really, know. I didn't really act on it is what I'm trying to say. Got and you. So then when I started working, seriously, I'm not kidding that like... If you were a gay person, you were playing gay elevator operators and hairdressers, and there was no in between. You were just like, playing your cliche. Yeah, mind my own business, and frankly, I still do. Like, mm -hmm. I'm cool, whatever, man. Right, right. You know, I don't really. I, I'm I, I'm from a very conservative town. I don't really make anyone feel uncomfortable. I'm not really like the person that's shaking his fist, like yeah, you know, mm -hmm. for any subject. Mm -hmm. So, cool. I think that's why I sleep with so many straight people. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I, love, I know I've, I have a lot of gay friends who actually do love that challenge of trying. It's not a challenge. You just have to give them a couple of Jaegers. <laughs> Darren, you're up. Darren, Darren. loves Jaeger. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Darren. I'm kidding. <laughs> Go get a shave. Let's do this. No, he's black, but he's blushing. I promise. Oh, well, that's <laughs> um, Okay. So seriously, people. You're like the only interviewer that ever asked me about that subject. Really? Yeah. I don't really care, but, um, well, it's fascinating because, you're, because, well, because I know you're not like uh, detail-oriented. Oh, thank you. You're well, yeah. I've been known to mix it up. I also know that like uh, horror fans, um, are, a lot of gay people are also drawn to horror for the escapism of it, and they find heroes in gay movies, and or not in gay movies, uh, mm -hmm. heroes in horror films. And mm -hmm. uh, I was just curious if, it ever, if that ever hmm. was the case for you, where anyone ever mm -hmm. came to you and... and um, 
appreciated what you know i don't know when did you come out uh it, it just kind of gradually happened it wasn't really anything where i wasn't like, like a big announcement. hello everyone gather yeah. around yeah like, oprah oprah there's something yeah. that everyone needs to know right all right you know no, I'm just curious. I'm always I'm curious about. Whore. I'm kind of a whore, so it's really, it's not like it's really a secret, you know. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, did you sleep with him? Yeah, so did of I. Course, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, no, I just, I was just curious if, uh, if that was a. Uh, no, that was... I think, I think, um, you guys, honestly, I was so fucked up, and I didn't even like, had never even like fallen in love. I don't think until I was like 34 years old, wow. and so when that first happened, then it became. The person I was hanging out with, it became it was too apparent that I couldn't like at least talk to my parents about it or whatever because it's like they're like, duh, you know, I'm living with someone, right? It's a right, Ford, right. Ford model, uh, perfect, you know, yeah. Oh my god, I got good taste, but anyway, is um, this all in the book? Yes. Oh my god. See, yeah, you just thought I was no, a really, like the tales guy. The no the way. reviews and like if you if listen, if you're on the fence about getting this book, go to Amazon. Look at their reviews. I mean, they really, honestly, they're, they're glowing. I'll tell uh, you uh, why. And, I'll tell you why. And you don't Rock. have to be a horror fanatic to like this book. It's a, no. it's a good human story. It's just like, it's stories and I'll stories tell you and why. stories. It's just like with your show and the reason why your show works. Raw, ugly truth. That's it. Mm-hmm. If you'll sit here and say, this is what happened to me, people are going to love you because they're going to they listen and you're not the only one that weird things like that have happened to and they do relate to it. That's the same thing with my book. Right. I've gone from sleeping in my car to be a multimillionaire to going back down to zero yep. again and building myself up. Yep. I've been pretty. I've been skinny. I've been fat. I've been ugly. I've been drugged. I've been yep. sober. Like, you know, just raw truth is what people, mm-hmm. Every there's not one part of my book where people don't go, that happened to me too. Like, especially the, especially the, um, becoming really rich and losing everything. Everyone's like, that sounded to me like three times. Yeah. You know? Yep. Right. Yeah. The key is to, uh, don't bullshit people. Don't bullshit yourself. Right. And, and put it all out there because then also, then people don't have, don't have ammunition to use against you. Well, I've yeah, always there's nothing too. left now. Right. Yeah. That's right. Like my, my superpower has always been, I'm going to make fun of yeah. myself and my mom before you do. Yeah, that's true. You know what and, I mean? and the other thing is, is, um, you know, we work in a business where there are people that are unjustly sort of mean to you or give you a bad time or whatever. Like, I defy you to read that book and not go, oh, okay, he's all right. Like, there's no way. There's, I'm like, <laughs> I I have, I'm, you know, I'm deeply flawed and I'm the first to like say it, so. Right, but, you know. but, but the flaws are what make everybody interesting. Yeah. I've always thought that my whole life. Like, the things that make someone fucked up, that's what I want to hear about. Yeah. I, I don't want to hear all... about how good you are at school or how good you are at sports. Like, I want to know the stuff that you're bad at. I want to know the stuff that makes you scared yeah. and, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, one of my execs, who's literally on the first page of the second page, third page of the book, basically tells me that my $2 million a year job just ended. Um, he mm. said something to me very interesting how when I started building my way up in the commercial directing world, how I started having all this guilt for all this money I was making because I was just making it up. And I finally, one day we were drinking and I was like, dude, I'm just making this up. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm making it up. And then he leans over to me and goes, we're all making it up. It's all bullshit. (laughs) I'm like, what? He's like, I'm making it up too. I'm like, oh my god! And from the mo- what that a relief! Moment, from that moment on, I never, I'm never scared about anything because I think everybody's faking it. Like we all go home and go like, oh, I, or it's like a nice feeling when you fit in with the group. Yes, you know? right. I think what's hurtful to me is this is a little whiny, a little low low budget director whiny thing. The one thing I really hate and it really bothers me 
is when people who do um, review programs on YouTube rip not just myself, but other low-budget filmmakers, it really bothers me because it's an absolute miracle that most of this shit cuts together. It's, it's sometimes impossible to make it cut together. And yep. that everybody involved, you can't do a movie for a couple hundred thousand dollars unless you completely love it with all your heart. Yes. And by proxy of it only being a couple hundred thousand dollars, and in some cases lower, it can't help but to have elements in it that are janky. But you're still getting to do, you're doing it, you're all rolling up your sleeves. And then some fatty who's living in his fucking basement of his <laughs> mother's home, wait, that's where we are now, um, like decides to go on there and say that everyone's a piece of shit. I just hate it. It doesn't have, happen very often to me, but overall in general, which is, it's also in my book, I can't tell you the amount of directors. I talk about that just saying how about how it hurts you deeply, like when they... When you just go, well, if we filmed it in five days. Like, of course it's fucking fast, you know? It's I would like, love for you to give $300,000 to that person making the review and yeah. say, mm-hmm. here, do it better. Does that sound whiny? I don't know. No. I do, no. And do you guys know very many people that can make a brilliant movie for that? I mean, I would really no. like to It's know. very rare. I mean, yeah. I was just looking at something the other day about the most, like, uh, um, uh, Sword. Like low budget films that made the most money, like, like Blair Witch, Paranormal I Activity, cost yeah. it was like sixteen grand or nine grand. And it yeah. made two hundred million. Yeah, so it's, it's possible sixteen grand to make with about a hundred thousand dollars worth of post production. Right, but they never t- say that. And yeah. Robert of Rodriguez's course. like first movie where he did also was like right. he made it for eight thousand dollars, like plus two hundred thousand dollars worth of like advertising know. and all and that yeah, stuff that goes that into stuff. it. I'm I'm really not bitter, but it really does. I wish it didn't bo- hurt my. It hurts my feelings. I'm not even saying right. bot. It really shakes me to my core when some stranger that doesn't know anything about the process there's a guy in particular i can't remember the name of his thing or i would tell you he's funny he's funny and part of his shtick is that he's bitching about how bad it is and so he's he's really able to disassociate himself that it's actual people that are making these projects and and it's funny and i guess maybe i sound whiny or bitter but it really does fucking shake me up i tell if it's really bad i i write them a note and say well, if you're trying to make me feel like garbage, you did a very good job. And like, for well, the, the, for thing the record, is, I, I watched your show. I like your show. Well, <laughs> you you, you're being criticized by someone who has never accomplished anything. Yeah. Like, but if, is that, if, like, if Ridley like, Scott wants to wants to criticize your film, I'm sure you'll take it. It's like, okay, that that could be. Uh, but what do you think about or it's that? Your pa- or if, do you think I it's mean, like it's your suck passion, it up? Though. It's your it's your heart. Right. It's your, you know but what I mean? But do you guys like, think it's like a suck it up butter, for you. buttercup situation? Like you just go oh, quit whining. Who depends cares? on what is said, I guess. And yeah. I, I, I guess it depends on how if the person is trying to be hurtful or just giving yeah. their opinion. Because you can't fault someone if someone if you do something, someone thinks it sucks. Yeah. That's not your problem. They like there's one guy. Them. There's one guy in particular who is very high profile now. Who, when I directed Madhouse, which is a million dollar movie, which turned out, in my opinion, very good. Mm-hmm. And in his opinion, I should have like hung myself and like never do another project ever again. Well, oh that person is no longer a movie reviewer. He's now a. He's on a. He's on the team. I don't know what his position is. I want to say producer, but I don't think he's a producer. I think he helps create these things. And he's responsible for creating some of the biggest financial flops in movie history. Uh, it is so fucking tempting. It is so tempting for me to like write him and go, hey, guess the noose is on the other neck. I Feel totally free to would. use our platform totally if you want to. Oh, no. not me. But I'll tell you off camera. Please. You, you yeah. probably know the person. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. 
He's garbage. But anyway, wow. I, we love talking shit. Yeah, we really I do can. love talking shit. It'll be like it'll be like World War. Got you. Yeah. Got you. Um, but anyway, sorry for eating. Oh, we, we sorry for bitching and whining. Don't apologize. No, but I, it, you, you haven't listened the to the show, but we we do this quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. We talk about anything. If if that's how you're feeling, I want to hear about it. I wish so. that it, I wish that it didn't bug me, but it really does. I hate when that happens. Yeah, when it you, just yeah. When you just I'm want kind it to of roll, a, roll off your back. I'm but kind it's of like, a cunt in real person. Like I'm pretty. You can pretty. Cu- <laughs> you can come at I, me. I can. I can confirm. Yeah, I can. Cut you're hard to be around. Yeah. Well, you got you almost on the end of my whipping whip the other day. I was. You're like quit. Clowning around, and when are you going to be on the show? And I was like trying to fly home from London. I was like, every oh, that really upset you. Your show is literally the last show I'm going to do. Well, I'm honored. I'm yeah, honored because I've done so many of these, and I, you people that are rolling their eyes, going, "Who's William Butler?" Think about how bad I have it. I have to do. I have to be the one who's talking about myself. No, like, you've been wonderful. I'm, so, I'm tired. so happy to finally have you on this. Yeah, uh, it's been coming for months and months. Yes, that uh, is very. I'm true. really happy that our friend Michael put us together. And yes. uh, uh, now again, how do you know him? Uh, just I met him through another friend, and um, he's just this guy Michael Johnson, who I've touched on a little bit here, um, has just an incredible life story, and he's truly. I, you'll attest one of the most lovable, likable people you now, could he, ever meet. Does he own that hotel yet? Where he? <laughs> we can't talk, can talk, talk about that. We can't talk about that. Such a good. Story. He will soon. He will own it soon. Probably. Really? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. You don't know about it. I'll tell you after. I'll tell. I will tell you off I have camera. No friends. It's fine. But yeah, so he put us together, and um, hopefully we'll do this again or do something else fun because uh, I'm, I'm enjoying this very <laughs> you much. Sure, we can't talk about the hotel start. No, no we can't because okay. it might fuck it up. I want to. I want to. There's no pressure, but I want to like hang out with you. And yeah, like, you, you guys seem stuff. like you guys really oh hit it off. God, we're, we're out of our minds. Yeah, because yeah. you're a Gemini and I'm a Leo. We get along um, really well. Yeah, I have friends that are Leo. You have a, an open door to come back here anytime you want to promote <laughs> cool. whatever you want. Yes. Uh, in the meantime, please seriously get this book. Um, Todd Retails and Confessions of uh, Horror's Boy Next Door by yes. William Butler, uh, Billy to his friends. Yes, thank you. Um, and please check out, go to Amazon Prime. You have two shows that are currently on there. That's uh, right. Baby Oopsie Baby and Oopsie. Resonator. Yes. Uh, Resonator, Miskatonic U is on there. It's very good. It's one of my favorite projects about these people that create this device that allows you to look into other dimensions. It's a, a spinoff Ooh. from an old movie called From Beyond. Mm-hmm. And the other one is a black comedy about a woman. Did I already say that? Yeah, yeah, we talked about yeah. it. Um, Are you into UFOs at all, by the way? Oh my God, I'm obsessed. Why did they quit talking about them now? So Jeremy Corbell is a, is a good friend of mine, the guy that oh, releases yeah. all that UFO stuff. Yeah. But you just mentioned this device that helps you look into the future. Yeah. So do you know about the, the looking glass and all that stuff? No. The UFO looking glass stuff? No. I gotta so we'll save it for another episode. Um, I got to rip that UFO off guy. of my show. Please. No, I'm also, I meant to say this, the, the name of the guy that attacked her. Uh, with the shit bucket, you have to work his name into something. What is it? His name is, can I say it? Can I say Jer, it? Yeah, go I ahead. I love it. It's my favorite. Jer Blessings. How weird is that? It's an ironic name. Jer Blessings. But wait, I'm, I hate to go back. Whatever happened to him? So he was arrested. It was Darren, actually. It was Darren. <laughs> oh, and here he is today. This is his part of yeah. his uh, work work program. Yeah. All of a sudden, he just runs over here, puts shit on my Fully head. rehabilitated. Like, oh, my God. Buy my book. <laughs> it's like slime. Um, he was arrested, but then he was set free because he wasn't fit to stand trial. Zero punishment. So they let him go, but he's schizophrenic I and think bipolar. I'm seeing like Valerie Bertinelli playing you in a TV movie. 
<laughs> Wait, did she just too old. No. <laughs> no, just oh, her no, career. No. It was not just Val- her career. No, not Valerie. Yeah. No, no, no. She's awesome. She she just did a pilot with a really good friend, a friend of mine. She's the one. Overeaters Anonymous. Yeah, she's it's the amazing. one who spelled it out. I love her. People were being mean to her on Instagram saying, you got fat. Did and you she, did you see that Instagram? video where she's I like. I love her. Same thing about what I was just saying. She did about people being mean. She just went on there and just goes. Wow. All right. Well, you try yeah. to hurt my feelings, and here I am. Yeah, she I'm was crying. my. Did you see, see that? No, it oh. kills you. But then, of course, all these millions of people were just like, "Fuck that person." I think even the person said, "I'm sorry." I that's love one her. of the. I adore her. That's one of the great powers of social media. If you have a following, and someone fucks with you, you can just turn your fans on them and let them do all the dirty work. Yeah. They go get them, boys, or whatever it is. I yeah. was thinking of the red-haired from. Uh, she was the carrot uh, top. No, <laughs> the red-haired va- uh, Valerie. <laughs> Valerie, Valerie Perrine? Valerie... The one that just pa- passed away a few months ago. Oh. God. Eddie Van Halen. No. Oh, sure. Anyway, I'm go sorry on, that happened on. to sorry. you. Thank you. So I, I'm, in a way, I'm not, because had that not happened, she wouldn't be in our That's lives. True. And she is one of my favorite people. Oh. Uh, For real. Yep. I can yep. see that. I can see that. And also, like I said, it's, um, it's a weird moment to like talk about mental health in Los Angeles, which is... Which is crazy. Not even just LA. In the world, mental health is just, uh, it's the most pressing issue in the world right now that is just yep. not making, not yeah. getting better. Nope. I was just in the UK for about a month. And they, don't, they don't have that. Like you see nope. one, one nut job out of every 5,000 people wandering Because there's around. a place for because them to go. Because they have places for them there's to go. There's a place for them yeah. to go. And they not lock them up, strip but you're in Yeah, it's like hot mental hospitals. Yeah. yeah. Strip clubs. Well, they send them to the strip club. At least we're no, ending on a high li- note. No, they have them strip. I'm kidding. <laughs> Perfect. Put them to work. It's a work release. I don't release. really know what it's you're work doing. Release. You know, whatever. <laughs> well, Billy, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having had me. had a blast. I hope you enjoyed it. I did, actually. Um, I, um, I, I, Again, I hate, believe it or not, I hate talking about myself, but you guys are fucking hilarious. And, uh, thank you. Uh, with, to, us talking about nothing was actually also very fun for me. That so. is what the show is based on. <laughs> yeah. I don't we're, we're the Kirby enthusiasm of, uh, of podcast. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Exactly. It's a podcast about nothing. Um, but our listeners, I'm sure they enjoyed it. Get the book, uh, support this man. And uh, if you get Amazon, uh, Amazon prime, go watch his shows. I'm going to read this. And hopefully you'll tonight. be back sometime soon. But Billy, thank you very much. Yeah. I'll come back anytime. And everybody else. Thank uh, you guys. Thank you, thank you, and you can follow uh, him at the William Butler. Yep, on, on Instagram. Um, Instagram, you accept everybody on Facebook. Yes, and then there's it, there's one that's full. That's mostly my family, mm-hmm. five thousand family members. That's a lie. <laughs> that's a lie. Uh, it's half fans. But then there's another one that's William Butler. That, that's the one where you get all the like stuff that fans would care. The fun about. stuff. The rest of it's just mostly you know bitching about my family. Perfect. Yeah. Which is what Facebook is for. Yeah, right. Yeah, right it is right. for it. Pictures, and, uh, pictures you're, on tw- you're on Twitter as well. <laughs> I'm barely, I'm barely on Twitter, yeah. I wouldn't even But people it. can follow you anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you so much. Everyone else, you can follow us at Rare Form Radio, uh, at Dean Ellie Radio over there, Dan Cleary 79 at Heidi Sabrina. And we will be back next week. Thank you. This is Lola, and I'm here to tell the world to stop being such pussies and listen to Rare Form Radio. 